0: Hey there, folks. It's the Unicast, episode 203. Uh, We're back once again with some piping hot podcast action for you and joining us this week, uh, for the first time from the Mohawk Valley Resource Center for Refugees community navigator Selma Jacensic joins us, I've been really really excited to get her on the show for a long time Uh, I'm really glad we were finally able to do it great interview, Uh, also this week uh, we're going to discuss whether or not they should break up Facebook whether or not we'd accept robot butlers and whether or not you should throw out your old cans of Pam's cooking spray Uh, also this week, uh, history lessons, uh, products marketed at gentlemen like me, and of course, uh, bits from other blogs, and a quick life lesson from your boy Famo. All of this and more episode 203, of the Udicast, we are happy, as always, at I don't think that that's exactly how... They're, they're just old windows. This it's is that, an old house.
1: I've never seen that in a window before.
0: It's an old house. It's an old podcast. 203 episodes long. Welcome back, folks. It's the Uticast. Uh, I am your host, producer, Sam Familaro, joined, as always, by the lovely and talented Heather Wise. Heather, what's up? I'm what? You were saying you're going to Chipotle after this. I am. What's your go-to Chipotle order? What are you getting if you go to Chipotle after this? I
1: get a, the bowl. The but bowl. But I also get the shell, too, so I can kind of eat the bowl, but also make a little taco while I'm... Like a taco salad. Yeah, I go back and forth. Oh, so, that's interesting. So I'll go and I'll, like, put some of the, mix, the stuff on the burrito shell, and I'll eat some of it, and then I'll eat some of the...
2: Okay, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. I like Kev, okay, what do you got? You got a Chipotle order or are you not a Chipotle regular? I mean I don't I don't mind Chipotle, but I just kinda get like whatever I want. Yeah, I the when, I when know, I go, really a, like... You know what I mean? Oh you mean what meat? Oh, I feel like I get like a carnitas
0: burrito almost all the time if I go there. I that's usually like, like my go to item. I do
2: your
1: chicken.
0: Veggie or I mean, chicken? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Well,
2: that, that's pretty much the choice you're asking to you go to Chipotle is what meat are you Yeah, having. that's what really Because, like, they've only got one item. I know. I was like, wait. You know, they've only got I, one item in the message. some people get the What's bowl, the some people meats? get the wrap. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's the bowl not, and the burrito are the I same do, item. Like, I get the
1: both of them. I get the brew-up yeah. bowl and the shell on the side. Okay.
0: Yeah, I guess it's not Taco Bell. It's not like no, it doesn't have, like, signature items. At all, no. We're back, folks. Yeah, it's another cold, rainy day. Uh, Kevin, has the vicious cycle of cold and rain late into May gotten you down yet, or are you living through it just fine?
2: I mean, I'm not. I, I, I don't know that I'm weak enough to let the rainy <laughs> weather uh, make me, like, sad about my life. It's sad. But I'm a little frustrated. I would be I mean, si- like, I would, it would be nice to not be damp every time we go outside. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. I I, know. Right.
0: I think it's not so much like it... It doesn't bother me like I'm at work, obviously, but, like, I'll come out of work, and I'll just put my... Like, I'll look outside and just be like, Ugh. It's that feeling all the time. You get in the car, you're like, ugh. I have to get out of this car now. Back into the rain. No. Uh, do you like when it just catches you? I, I like when there's a rainstorm that only exists for like 30 minutes in the day, but that's the 30 minutes that you're out in the world. That's always a lot yeah. of fun. I uh, think we had a really nice time at Maybe Unican Kids Day, the first event awesome. at Handshake City. It
1: was great. It was such a great event.
0: What was your uh, favorite part from the weekend? would you say is the most popular moment or your favorite uh, well, moment?
1: Well, probably more my son's than mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess your son, right, obviously. The helicopter landing. You're the like,
0: helicopter landing.
1: <laughs> I mean, even for me, I thought that was great. I'd never seen a helicopter land, so I was pretty excited about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was really I, cool. Uh, I, I think... It's a pretty strong look to have the helicopter just land on the field out there. Very strong.
1: But the whole thing was great all around, though. I mean, yeah. they gave my son got free books. He got caramel, free books and crayons, yes. There was food. There was all sorts. Every little area had a section for a kid. You know, yeah, it was great. That, and so it was really cool.
0: I actually thought the layout looked really nice. Yeah, I know I think we haven't changed too much, but it really it was looking real strong. Mm-hmm. Real strong. All right, I don't mean to put us all over too much. No, but here. it was a
1: great event. It was um, a great event.
0: Join us next week, though, for Meet Utica's fifth birthday bash. We have another event because that's just what goes on here now, full of content on all avenues. Uh, Twelve to 4, 12 to one is going to be the Utica Teen Sing Off, which I may or may not be a judge for. I don't know if you guys knew this. I'm, I'm judging be- the teens. Judge the contest. I'm going to let them know. I'm going to be honest but fair, like a Simon Cowell. Uh, I don't think you can. Gordon Ramsay type.
1: I can't see you being like that.
0: No, I would be. I'm gonna be more of a. You're
1: Paul Abdul.
0: It's <laughs> a so no for me, dog. I'm sorry. I'm gonna hit him with that one. Yeah, I'm gonna hit him with Randy. Randy's my guy. Uh, yeah, I, I can. The three of us should be the judges. I like Maybe just it. the three of us. Just that'd do the whole thing. You Ooh. can be the mean guy, Kev, and and you can be. That'd be nice. You can be like the drunk one, and I'm just all like true. I think this is great. Everybody's beautiful. I love you all. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just gonna be there for the money. That's what I'm there for. Yeah. So a great event. No, that that'll be twelve to one. And then 1-4, to four, the Cornhole Tournament, yeah. which people seem to be very excited about. We have, like, professional cornball referees and such, or cornhole cornball. That's something different. I was watching Arrested Development, and they had the cornballer. Okay. Did you watch Arrested Development? No, really. Then you have no idea what
1: I'm talking about. I don't, about. but I exactly get in.
0: <laughs> oh. Uh, the Cornhole Tournament, that should be a lot. That's going on 1-4. to four. Uh, If you haven't already, go try and sign up. Handshake.city, made in Utica.com. Kev, are you interested in the Cornhole Tournament? Um, as a spectator, Yeah. <laughs> Right. what's I'm your not, what's my what how often you play cornhole almost never never you never really a, see it we used to have it at my mom's house so yeah, i played I a little bit of it's never there
2: really and, been i've never had a friend group where it's really around or a scenario where like there's somebody's house you're hanging out at and they've got it in the backyard and that's where you go mm-hmm. for like barbecues or yeah. just haven't had as much exposure as some others i
0: think uh i, I sort of put it in that same realm as like uh throwing games like bocce and horseshoes although they're not exactly the same but i like any sort of game where i can stand on one end and throw something at something else i'm a big fan of those games
3: Darts. i actually stink
0: i'm really bad at darts actually i'm okay at pool i'm good at bocce darts for whatever reason i don't know if it's because i'm blind because i got the glasses and stuff uh i i can't
2: i can't do it it's because you overthink it is that what it is i've never seen you play darts but that's what happens when people, they try to be too fine with the aim. Like really kind. And you can't aim. You can't calibrate that yourself if you think about it. You just yeah. got to let the brain look at where you want yep. it to be, visualize it, let the brain do what the brain does.
0: Yeah. I think it's its just something that I, I do. probably get in my own head about it. I used to go and... Pool is different. I understand angles. It's just, it's just geometry. It's math, kind of. You're like, okay, if I hit it here, it's going to bounce this way. And it's all about just doing what you think you're supposed to do. Um, all right, that's it. That's the end of bar, <laughs> bar game. Comp. Oh wait, what's the one in the bar where you slide a it across the wood? That's the. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certain bars in New York one. would have that all the time. I Love that. There were if you were a real if you wanted to do a real flex in a bar in New York, you would get a skee ball thing. There were places that had skee ball in Brooklyn all over. That was like the hot thing in a bar. I Never
1: saw that in a bar.
0: Yeah, you have to find it. You have to be a real. It's a real hipster thing to find at a bar. Skee ball mm. thing.
2: Uh, also, kind of loud. I feel like. we got Skee-Ball at BBG's place. Oh, yeah. Well, Hipster Mecca oh, on Commercial that. Drive. I've only <laughs> been <laughs> there. The Hipster Mecca BBG's. I only
1: went there when they first opened. It's a opened.
2: cold, concrete barn with insufficient lighting.
1: I didn't like it. When, I'm sorry. I mean, wow,
2: harsh. I That's all right. No,
1: I said I didn't like it. Their games
2: you weren't did working. Not like it. I didn't like it's it. It's okay to <laughs> not like it. It
1: just not wasn't sponsoring warm the show. in there. Like you said, it was very concrete.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the. Here's the thing. I like the idea of it, but every time I'm going in there, I feel like a lot of the arcade games don't work. So if you're going to have like the game section. Spruce up the game section. Nice TV setup they got in there, though. Uh, All right, moving on to content that's not that. Uh, Oh, and Heather, we talked a lot about the sickness when you weren't here. Your family has the sickness now. Yeah,
1: they're both sick. So
0: that means you're going to get it now. No,
1: I'm not. I'm
0: not. Okay, we're taking bets on whether she'll be here next week. Her family is sick now. I
2: mean, that's always a 50-50 bet. (laughs) Um, I would say, yeah, she's probably going to get it. That child is exuding germs, and yeah, he doesn't care, so house. he's still going to rub himself all his over his right mom. That's, That's what nice. I'm saying. Like he doesn't. He's not going to be like, hey, mom, I don't want to get you sick. He's going to go rub himself all over his mother and right. just cover her in germs. But don't okay. you think that because
0: she's been around the germs a lot over the le- She's getting a little bit... Her immune system might be better than someone who has a weak immune system. You're the system first like-
2: human ever to, to evolve <laughs> immunity Maybe. to the common cold... <laughs> Maybe walks I'm like a superhero.
1: <laughs>
0: You're basically an X-Man. You're a super yeah. mom. Um, You're still susceptible. I'll be the here germs. next week. Wait,
1: maybe.
0: Uh, all right. That's it. Um,
2: so, it. Show's over. That's it. Show's <laughs> over. it up. Uh, I do have Sorry a couple. Well,
0: I, I had some news stories this week, and then as I was looking at them, I, I don't love any of them either. So let's go through them as quick as we can, I suppose. Uh, the story this week, there was a big uh, piece that the Facebook co-founder, Chris Hughes, I don't know if you guys saw this. It was an op-ed in the New York Times. Calling for Facebook to be broken up, saying that CEO Mark Zuckerberg uh, focused on the growth uh, of Facebook over everything else, and that led him to sacrifice security and civility for clicks, uh, and that he should be held accountable for the company's mistakes. Okay. Uh, so Facebook then came out and responded in their own op ed uh, saying, basically, we agree, <laughs> saying yeah. companies should be held accountable for their actions. Uh, and the tech companies, such as Facebook, shouldn't be the ones handling all the important social, political, and ethical questions for the internet. I feel like that's uh, kind of a loaded statement, but I, I sort of agree with him. It's not up to Facebook, I guess, to...
2: Who? Face? You agree with Facebook? I, what, what, are you, I'm, what are you saying? He's saying that Facebook shouldn't be the ones I know handling... what he's saying. I read him, but I'm saying, like... I mean, I guess that
0: makes sense. Like, it is a platform for people to share their opinions. It's responsible for them to monitor it, I suppose, for hateful behavior. I suppose if it crosses their guidelines, but it's not up to, like, they're not posting content themselves. It's just facilitating content for other people. I guess that's the problem I'm looking at.
1: So they think they shouldn't be responsible for what people post about
0: well, how would, they don't make content, right? Like, Facebook doesn't produce yeah. content, I suppose. So it's really reliant on the people. I'm not defending Facebook, no, I suppose. I like, you have to monitor the, what people put in yeah. your system. Uh, it just seems, I don't see anything totally wrong with that particular statement, unless you have some take against it that you're you're lining me up for.
2: <laughs> I'm, no, I was, just, I was trying to get you to elucidate your point. Um, my, so the guy who wrote the original op-ed yeah, uh, Chris is 100% used. correct. Yeah. 10 billion percent correct. Yeah. Um, and i think it's i mean facebook what they did with their statement they basically came out they deflected it a little bit shifted mm-hmm. from what he was saying to like yeah yeah we agree about this thing let's not talk about like your overarching narrative and try to look like the good guys without addressing what it is and it's a, it's a really um it's a really savvy way of deflecting the original point sure and you know That's they don't get, they, they don't get they don't get to where they are without the pr people that they have mm-hmm. certainly mm-hmm. but um yeah, what they said was right. It just didn't address the whole point. But what the guy, the original iPad, was was spot on. I think mean, it's interesting. That we're continuing to see more and more people who were founders and early investors, and you know, early in on the Facebook train, mm-hmm. all coming out and being like, "Yo, this stuff is not good. This stuff is dangerous. Yes. We need to do something." zuckerberg is an evil robot that needs to be stopped you know what (laughs) i mean like it's interesting that everybody who worked there is like yeah yeah see i do think it's probably
0: it must have been impossible to a certain extent maybe for maybe not if you're a genius level type person it must have been impossible to envision as a the one of the first two people who's sitting in front of a computer who's like we're going to start up this this like internet software pro this internet platform right to assume that it would become what it became today. Even in your wildest dreams, you, sometimes I feel like the narrative just gets away. Chris Hughes maybe had no idea that this is what his initial idea was going to spurn off into. Mm-hmm. Especially because the that's internet sort point. of takes things and gives them
2: their own life, yeah. right? Because especially if it's a platform that allows for people to put their own content yeah, into it, I think, like it right? Is, yeah. Well, and that's, why, and that's why, I mean, he was one of the people who... I think he saw it coming when they changed, when mm-hmm. Facebook was changed over from needing a .edu address and it became available to right. the general public. .com address. He was one of the people who was there saying, like, I don't know if we should do this. This is going to open it up, make it larger. Um, and that's probably, you know, where some of those original splits and, you know, some of the original cracks in the fall mm-hmm. begin. But I think um, a guy like Mark Zuckerberg saw all mm-hmm. the way back then what this tool was for and how this could be used, certainly. Yeah. And that's
0: actually what this article goes on to say, is that uh, Clegg, uh, the... Facebook CEO who responded in the op-ed uh, sidesteps what's probably the op-ed's main focus is that Zuckerberg himself, yeah, yeah. yeah noting the CEO is a good person but he holds far too much power at Facebook and be, and can't be held accountable there, right? Because he's the mm-hmm. main. So
2: Hundred percent yeah. sidestep, and that because that's the kind of thing he's saying. He's not saying like, oh, we need to stop. We need to get rid of it. He's just and saying- the term break up, I think, is unfortunate because it can come off one way when it's not what it means. But basically, that's exactly what it is. We need to find some accountability. Because right now, this is a force that is, you know, entirely too powerful for society to not have some level of accountability built in and nobody that you mm-hmm. have to answer to. You know what right, I mean?
0: Right, exactly. Uh, all right, very cool. Let's move on to some other tech stuff here. Uh, Heather, you're usually in on these things. Kev, you're usually out. Uh, robot butlers in Japan. There's a Japanese startup called Mira Robotics. They are charging $225 a month for a remotely operated robot helper that will do things around your house. Uh, specialized machines with robot vacuums and things like that. Uh, <laughs> you have any thoughts about a robot coming in to do your household chores for $225 a month?
1: I'll take
0: it. You'll take it. You're in it on it. Sure. I need to see the results. <laughs> I know. $225 I say, a month is a lot. It better be doing some real intensive cleaning, even outside of the... I just the... to do
1: my dishes and fold my laundry. If it can do that...
2: Yeah, it's so which tax yeah, like, so, becomes what it really it becomes it just a the Because if the
1: floor, then but uh,
2: at that price, you can I mean you can hire somebody to come in like more. a cleaning lady for less money like a hundred percent you can but i'd rather have, have a robot money. than
1: an actual person Why? I don't trust them what <sighs> if they're a weirdo that's ridiculous but but robots are are strong. I don't know. so
2: could you hire somebody because could you hire somebody who has a professional business that has good references and somebody who does it in other places and you trust the community
1: i get what you say well saying, yeah. to quote
0: robot. the the legendary sam waterston uh robots are strong and they have metal hooks and when they grab you uh, well, you can't get it. I don't know if this so... has metal hook. <laughs> well, either way, these yeah, are... Over...
2: there. They're going like, to sneak your kid into some other <laughs> room to be like a bad influence on them. It's like they're not uh, babysitting your child, the housekeeper. <laughs> the housekeeper usually comes over when you're not there. They're not going to do anything. It's even weird.
1: Oh, I do have cameras all over that.
0: Yeah, you got That's cameras all, My nest house anyway. all over the like... She is already in like the dystopian future, so what's, oh, what's yeah, yeah, yeah. more... What's, one, what's more? one more thing, right, yeah. I suppose? Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes on sale in 2020. Sleepwalking into a living. It goes <laughs> on sale in 2020. It's able to carry out a variety of household tasks starting with emptying a washing machine and folding clothes this may sound like a simple job but it's apparently incredibly challenging for robots getting a machine to fold a shirt requires not only understa- cool. yeah. an understanding of not only how soft uh, materials deform but also the ability to perceive visual cues and mechanical dexterity manipulate the object seems like a lot uh, that's why my <laughs> robot didn't work it was just uh tin cans and uh, tinker toys so hey. right Uh, Yeah, I'm not in on robot butlers because I still like doing chores to a certain extent. I still enjoy. You have a kid. It's different.
1: I I never liked cleaning to begin with. Do I even
0: have to ask you if you're in or not on robot butler or is it just a hard no here? It's a hard no. Hard no. I, I I couldn't imagine a reason
2: why that's something I would need in my life right yeah <laughs> if it
1: was gifted to me I'd do it if
2: it was gifted to me I would sell it <laughs> and I would really like what, I understand what I need it for because it, here's the thing if you if you can't afford it then you're just an asshole of the worst kind yeah. spending all this money just so you don't have to do any chores and if you can not afford it you can afford a professional cleaning service that isn't gonna march off with your children or whatever other weird stuff yeah you think fair. they're gonna do if you invite a cleaning person in your home
0: uh, I got three odd quick stories before we go to this week's interview uh, one is a recall. Uh, apparently, if you have old cans of Pam cooking spray, you're supposed to throw them out immediately because they might explode. About that. Yeah, yeah. Throw out your Pam. Oh, dad, stuff in them. Yeah, the injuries are pretty serious. In addition to burns, one person was blinded in the eye. Uh, yeah, exploding cans of
2: cooking spray. Throw Do it you out. You think exploding is better?
1: Well, I always you know So, what if I've been using it? I had like a bad chemical in it that was like.
2: Mm. That oh, right. Like. sick. Yeah, I'd rather yeah, yeah.
1: hear that things explode. I could throw it away, but not think, oh, wait,
0: right. Right. I see what you mean. I'm it's it's less insane. It. Unless you're like, it's at the house right now.
2: I'm not going to be home for 60 minutes. This kid got, <laughs> got to ride it out. <laughs> One hour left. <laughs> uh so yeah it's so, like building your house on top of a volcano <laughs>
0: i feel <laughs> so like these uh, don't blow pam was one of those things that, as a kid i thought was cool i, did I know that's weird dude but no, like I as a was. kid growing up like oh you can sp- it's butter you'd yeah, spray it in the pan it's like, it just me and my mom like we got, <laughs> like things i thought it was great i just thought it was cool also oh. i thought i thought the cheese that came in the thing was also cool and not gross I would never I eat it it the, 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 the squeeze bottle cheese you know cheese what I mean whiz. like cheese not cheese whiz uh, the Ew. cheese that came in the can that you would put on the crackers, like oh god, what the hell is it called?
1: Cheese in the can, Justin.
0: Che- the cheese in the can that you would put on crackers, it came out in the little stream. Not, it's not cheese. It's There's not no cheese. Whiz. That comes out I'm gonna look it up. I'm going like to look at the aerosol, yeah, aerosol yeah, yeah, yeah. cheese with Squeeze cheese. Squeezy cheese. Yes, squeezy cheese. Squeezy cheese, squeeze cheese. Squeez cheese. Right say squeezy, squeezy like I think it's a yogurt pack to or something. I'll well, we'll show it to you. It kind of well, I'm going to show it to you It looks done. like you know, you know moose like yeah. they put in Harris. Yeah. It's
2: like that but it's cheese. It's nasty. Yeah, no, it was great when
0: I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I
2: loved it. we going to die. Uh <laughs> st- We're st- st- going <laughs> to die, Heather. Every single one of us. Instead of
0: doing I'm done with this guy. I'm doing I'm changing the segment. We're doing a new segment it's called famo's life lessons oh right? boy. Just, yeah life lessons real simple real simple life lessons that'll make your lives easier because it's worked for your boy famo and this is a real easy one to start life lesson number one mind your business just mind your business
2: it's That's excellent That's excellent
0: <laughs> advice uh, i'm gonna read you a story uh, earlier this week uh natasha times who is an author uh, got in trouble on the internet because she snitched on an MT, uh, Mwata, which is the Metro in uh, DC. Uh, snitched on someone for eating on the train while they're in their uniform. So the train worker was on the train eating their lunch, presumably either not on shift, is what they're saying, like they're taking the train back to their house at the end of their shift. This Natasha Tynes, who's an author, hassled this person, said, "You know you're not supposed to be eating in your uniform." Uh, the lady said, "Just leave me alone. Like I'm I'm fine." So she went to the internet and posted her outrage on the internet, which is always a good idea. Uh, she got destroyed on the internet for harassing she, this yes, woman. Uh, and now, uh, her book, which she was publishing, uh, looks like it might no longer be published because her publishers and her publishing house might drop her because good. of this. So the moral is, if you see people on the street who look like they're just living their life normally, leave them alone. Yeah. Even if you think it might be slightly against the rules. As long as it doesn't bother you, mind your business. So there's this week's life lesson. Mind your business. And I'll leave it at that. I have one Game of Thrones thing for you guys before we go to break. You guys want to talk about Game of Thrones? No, let's watch second? it. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's not even. It's nothing Nobody here watches
2: Game of Thrones. Let's I talk know. about it. Well, uh, so. Show. Can't get enough. Dragons. Yeah, it's just an interesting Lannister's. Midgets. Who's to say? I don't. I don't know. Know. It has probably. nothing to
0: do with the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good. So the point is this year, this year, 560 people. In the United States, had a child and named their child Khaleesi. There are five hundred and sixty kids who were born in the last year. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. So last night in the show, and again, I don't know much about it, apparently Khaleesi turned into a bad guy. A heel turn. Heel turn for Khaleesi in wrestling terms. How well, many? By the way,
2: I, if you, well, I mean, it's late I mean, now, it's but forever. if there's somebody, who you never know, I know. people are going to get mad, you spoil it Yeah, them. Yeah, look, at,
1: they will be upset. You never know. We, you got somebody, it. we got somebody
2: who's like, I can't Some watch people, this week's Game of Thrones, so listen to the cast to first. Well, they it. put it on, and now they find out about the heel you know turn. They now they know. Which I one is Khaleesi? Is that, the dragon? The, the, dragon that is the, dragon. the dragon? I think that is the dragon. The dragon took a heel turn. The dragon girl? Yeah, I dragon don't know. Girl, right? I really is there a girl know. that's both a dragon and a girl?
0: Regardless! No, she has <laughs> Regardless! Five hundred and sixty people I named their kids Khaleesi. I like that name. Do you think that any of these people regret their decision now that her character has shifted? At least no. one. At least one person at is mad about it. At least one person statistically. Yeah. yeah.
2: At least one of them, I'm sure.
0: It made me try and think of, like what other pop culture things probably shifted names. Like when Friends was popular, were there a lot more Rachels born in like 1990s? I think they were
2: always like hello, Rachel. hello, Rachels. That's not that's, yeah. not. that's not a unique enough name. I see. It's gotta it's, be. It's gotta be something yeah. weird. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right, like you suppose. can't just be like, "Oh well," but there's a character in the show named Mike. It's like, yeah, okay, well, people have been naming like, the kid Mike since forever.
1: Like Elsa from Frozen. Now that's probably I bet people are that's probably true.
0: There's probably a lot more Elses now than there were like five years ago. That's no, probably yeah. Definitely real. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think there's more woodies and buzzes since the Toy Story movies came out? Less, maybe? I Less. hope not. Less. <laughs> I hope not. Well, I was going to say, like, Sopranos, like, there were probably a lot more Tonys
2: born in New Jersey after that, but there's probably maybe not Tony's much. Oh, without that, without that,
1: there was
2: Believe me, I think that um, before, during, and after, until yeah. forever, there will be plenty of Anthonys in North New Jersey. I'm
0: <laughs> trying to think <laughs> of what the equivalent of this would be for me, like, something stupid I could have done. Like, I guess the Godzilla? fact that Godzilla. What would Godzilla do that would, like, did Godzilla commit war crimes? Like, I don't know. Like, what could Godzilla do that I would be like, I'm turning my back on Godzilla? Like, it's a,
2: um, Yeah, I mean, do you mean, like what I mean, Bill Cosby? It, you mean your kid Bill Cosby? Oh, yeah, that's a good Bill, one. Oh, Bill Cosby. Yeah, you Cosby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. Well, I was going to say,
0: like, it would be like, uh, like, if you get a tattoo of something dumb, like, I have a Syracuse Orangeman tattoo, Right. Like if Syracuse University gets hit with some like gigantic like scandal, I'm probably going to be like, eh, I'm not going to show no. people my Syracuse orange band tattoo. Quite what as scandal often. will be
2: large enough and so, university yeah. I don't large know. Enough. You some need to find a different out. one.
0: Well, I have to. I'm just saying, like, is there? I, I, I see the mistake happening. Like, you could find a way to do it. So just be careful what you decide to hitch your wagon to based on either pop culture or stuff you like. Just give it a second before you do something that you might regret. It's all I guess is my point there. I don't know. I don't regret any of my tattoos just yet. Not yet robots and sharks haven't done anything to hurt me uh, personally yet you we- should get a dragon
2: lady tattoo I should get a dragon lady tattoo see
0: well yeah. see we were just talking about the robot butlers if the robot butlers come to life I'm gonna feel stupid for having this robot tattoo in my back now it's like yeah, ah, well, I support the robot to oh, they're gonna know you're a friend Yeah, that's- they're gonna- oh it's a will- great point they
1: won't hurt you when they take over the world wow
0: that's right to all my robot overlords out there hey Good times on the yeah. horizon. Uh, speaking of good times on the horizon, uh, let's get to this week's excellent interview uh, with nice. uh, yeah, with that <laughs> no spells right. Was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mo- good. Uh, Mohawk Valley. Pull the nose up you crash into the mountain. Uh, Mohawk Valley Resource Center uh, for Refugees Community Navigator Selma Jasensic was here, and we had a really, really uh, excellent conversation. I've been trying to get. You we're her- excited about this mm-hmm. one.
1: Maybe I'm going uh, trying to get her for a while.
0: Well, it's sometimes I, I feel like we don't bring as, enough new guests into the show sometimes. People you guys haven't heard from before. And Selma's story, which I had heard, um, I've met her before in the past through work. And her story is really amazing. I really wanted her to get a chance to share her story of how she came here uh, to Utica and what she does now for people who come to Utica as part of MC uh, MVRCR. Uh, it's a really cool story. I'll let her tell it. Let's get to this week's interview. Selma Jocensik. Uh, we'll be right back. Few people, a <laughs> yeah, very few people mention the Friends reference. So I'm really? glad that you. Well,
4: I, I'm glad. No, it's like the it's like a big red mug, and I like the the. <laughs> I don't know the like attention it just attracts, and it's My like mom oh, it's got Friends. It for me. Did she really? She good taste.
0: <laughs> she. Saw it somewhere, and she's like, hey, do you want to get this mug? It's free if I get, like, three things at 8 o'clock coffee. And I oh was my like, God. if you want. And I was like, yeah, do you, want oh co- do you want that much coffee? I don't know. <laughs> um, and so, your
4: Handshake City mug is pretty cool, too.
0: But. <laughs> uh, these are really cool, too. Actually, I, I have, uh I, I gave these away a lot for Christmas. Wow. and And uh, someone got it. I think someone in my family got it in like a package that they got. They're like, I already okay. have this. You can have it back. So now it's mine. Now. Oh right?
4: my god! Well, I better be on your Christmas list for hmm. one
0: this year. <laughs> oh, well, if, if if Justin shows up, I'll um, <laughs> okay. I'll have him just give you one. Too. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, Selma, it's really nice to have you in here. I appreciate mm-hmm. you coming in on this crummy, rainy afternoon. Although, it does seem like it just rains here all the time.
4: Now. It does. It's- it does. <laughs> It's like, um, what's the weather in Utica? Rain, just rain all the time. <laughs>
0: uh, and you've been quite hard to pin down. We had some issues trying to get you on the show. First off, you got mm-hmm. sick a couple days ago. So I was, did. Are you feeling better?
4: Um, my allergies are still really bad. My eyes are just still swollen oh, yeah. and pink and uh but um, I am feeling somewhat better. Good. So yeah, thanks for asking. <laughs> well, I feel, I feel bad if I drag you out into the rain. No, no, here. no, it's okay. Um.
0: And then we don't have to get into it, but we were talking about it. We were talking last week, and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, our conversation got uh, shut down because you jumped off of Facebook. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
4: Oh, yeah. That was real bad.
0: That was real bad. (laughs) And then I
4: completely just forgot about everything until you called my office, and I was like, oh, man. (laughs)
0: Well, my initial thought... Was I was like, did she block me? I think she blocked me on
4: Facebook. I would never. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. I
3: was like, I work. Oh my
4: god! I was like, Imagine. <laughs> I was like, I have to see
0: you through work. I was like, I don't think she would block me, but oh my uh, god. no. But of course, uh, for folks who don't know, uh, Selma is the community navigator. Is at the correct mm-hmm. title at mm-hmm. the Office of New Americans uh, for the Mohawk Valley Resource Center of Refuge uh, for Refugees. Yep. Uh, I kept saying to myself, I wasn't going to screw that up and I totally did. Uh, <laughs> 201 Bleecker Street. Uh, you can go to Facebook.com. They're on Twitter. You guys are all over the place. Instagram. MV, yeah, we're oh yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. uh, MBRCR, uh Dot org, I believe, is the actual website. Who runs all your social media? Is that that you?
4: Um, No, actually. I wish I had a bigger role in the social media part of things. But um, it all really depends. The executive assistant for the agency, he does a bit. Hmm. And then um, there's another woman, uh, Shana Pudeen. So she's Hmm. the manager of the translation department. She oh, wow. does quite a bit of work on there. Um we have a new addition to our staff, Emily. and Emily comes from such a crazy marketing background <laughs> that, like, yeah, like I don't know if a lot of people know, but the the refugee center itself, um you know, refugee center for short, we're actually changing our name. So we're really? in the process of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's very, very low key. So oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's they're keeping it on the hush, but, um, they, those three individuals—the executive assistant, um, Dan, Emily, and uh, Shayna, they have a huge, huge role in, um, in organizing and kind of putting the website together. So it's it's awesome. That's who really does that.
0: Uh, yeah, between your phone going off and the cat playing with the toys down here, you, it sounds very magical in the background. <laughs> uh, I want to say real quick, Dan. Actually, uh, I met Dan mm-hmm. uh, during the tour that I took my students on yes. for the uh, for our Empire Summit seminar. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is actually the reason I really wanted you to come on the show, because mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoyed that conversation, but awesome. uh, I felt like it was really early in the morning and a lot of my kids were sleepy. So. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's tough for teenage kids. It is I learners. know, teenagers. Uh, but Dan <laughs> actually stopped me there and told me, like, he's like, you're that guy from the podcast. I was like, wow, you recognize me. So shout out to Dan. Thanks shout to out to Dan, Dan yes. You. No one ever me. <laughs> Uh So some it's a pleasure to have you. I want to talk, a, I have a lot of questions about what goes on, like, day to day, what you're doing uh, mm-hmm. uh uh, M MBRCR, C- which I'm going to mm-hmm. continue calling it for yeah, now. No, that's fine. Um, but I want to start <laughs> with um, I want to start going way back, uh, and I don't and I don't think it's very nice to ask people their age. It's mm-hmm. very impolite. <laughs> um, but I'm very curious. Um, when did you come to America? What year?
4: Um, I was five years old. So- I was turning five years old,
0: 1999.
4: 1999. Yeah. Okay. And And um, now I am 23. <laughs> I, am, uh, I am going to be 24 at the end of the year. Mm. But, um, yeah, I was, I was really young when my family came over. My mom, mm. um, my mom had me at 17 in 17. Europe. So over there, things are different. You know mm. what I mean? It was the lifestyle. It was, it's the middle of a war. So it's like, well, y- even if you had a kid, you're just...
0: I had it written down. I didn't mm. want to know if we wanted to have that discussion or not, but... Mm. Um, You know, 1992 through 95, and I'm sure that there's more overlap after that. That's, I don't even know the name. They called it the Bosnian War when Mm -hmm. I looked it up. Did your parents, your parents were living through that?
4: Yes. Um, My dad was, my dad was in the military, my grandfather. Um, Any male, every male in my, in my family was, you know, fighting. Mm. um there are actually a lot of pictures of my dad in his um in his uniform and uh Mm. there are a couple of documentaries done about the war and some stuff you can find on youtube and like you see my dad marching in there and it's so funny because my grandma plays it all the time she's like (laughs) wait for it wait for it and then you just see my dad like walking and she's like look at him look at him (laughs) and it's just it's awesome it's it's awesome that I have something to look at Mm. like historically speaking from my past because um I was young when we came here. My parents were young when they came here, you know. Yeah, I was going to say. And they were my age. They were a little mm-hmm. bit younger than I, I am now.
0: Was but, did, was them coming here totally based on the fact they wanted to get away from, like, post-war?
4: Yeah, so um, my grandfather and my grandmother, um, my mom's mom and dad, they applied for refugee status through the United Nations. Mm-hmm. And... um. A refugee is a displaced individual. So the difference one difference between immigrants and refugees well, is said that. Yeah, yeah, refugees don't have a choice to leave, you know, the country they're in. While immigrants, on the other hand, do. They, you know, they leave for opportunity education. But refugees, they're literally displaced people. Um they don't have homes, you know, there's <laughs> there's bombs going yeah. off twenty four seven. Then it's it's a real thing. It happens. Which
0: as a history major I talk about this a lot with like my history students and mm-hmm. kids about like, you know, World War II, World War III. I was like, and you got to remember, like, it's been a very long time since Americans have had land warfare in America. It's been, like, since the Civil War. We don't fight wars in America. Exactly, not on the ground here. It's hard to put yourself as an American, like, student coming up as an American kid, like, Mm -hmm. understanding what it's like to live in a country like like Bosnia during this time, like Syria now, I imagine, where it's just war torn and you don't understand the level of devastation
4: around. Absolutely. And then um, when my grandparents came, they were here for about a year because they came in 1999 mm-hmm. and um they sponsored us. So they yeah, okay. it was a sponsorship okay. and it actually helps you in a sense um a vetted the vetting process for a refugee is so is the most intense vetting process yeah. there is. It's they go through six different government organizations to make sure, you know, this is somebody we want in our country. So we had to go through all of that. I remember my mom saying, you know, the biometric scanning and all of this oh crazy God. stuff. Yeah. And it's like, it just it, it blows my mind. But um my grandparents sponsored us and um we were of course under the refugee status as well because of the war. Um there were a lot of people displaced and Utica yeah. just became a hot spot for us. <laughs> so you're 5 in
0: 1999 mm-hmm. when you get over here. Did you have do you have any memories of the time before you came here or is that it 5 is a, so young. It
4: is really young, but you know, selective memory, so I like, guess. Yeah, I, was I was definitely, say, definitely yeah, guess yeah, yeah. selective memory. Like I remember um my dad, he mm. after the war really started kind of settling down in 94 um as I was born. Um, I know my mom always mentions he was working in uh, Croatia, he was working mm. in Germany. And you know those first few years of my life, I remember he would bring home all of these like exotic chocolates and like all this amazing candy, <laughs> yeah. and it's just, it was the best thing in the world. And like I think about that all the time. I don't have too many memories from back back then at that time, but that's one of my favorite ones. <laughs> so
0: you come over and now you're five years old. Uh, I don't know what grade that would put you in. Like, did you? you... I started right off in kindergarten. Right in kindergarten. Yep,
4: right into kindergarten. Uh,
0: so I gotta ask because I always talk a lot about this when I, uh, especially being in grad school, mm-hmm. in grad school for. Teaching and mm-hmm. I, I work in a public school, mm-hmm. right? So I have been lucky over the years to work with a very diverse group of kids. Yep. Like I got white kids and black kids and Muslim kids and Burmese kids and, mm-hmm. and just and all sorts of kids, and they Absolutely. all sort of live in harmony because they are still teenagers and they just like teenage stuff. Yep. Right? Doesn't, doesn't, <laughs> uh, but I'm curious, you know, in in this era, you know, you're you're probably coming up in the, I guess, the late. What time, when did you graduate high school?
4: 2013. 13.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like. What was the biggest? There's probably a lot of like stuff you still had to adjust to. This whole like, what was like the first big adjustment to American life that you remember? Do you have any moment that you were like, oh,
4: Alphabetical wow. order.
0: Alphabetical order, really? Is oh that my not god! Is that I'm not a-
4: scarred. I am scarred <laughs> no for way. life. Really, Sam? I'm so serious. I remember. See, I opted out of ESL because sure. I, I talk way too freaking much. Well, I I was I was in like first grade, I believe, and um. I still had issues, you know, learning the language. I had issues communicating. And um, one of the craziest things was, uh, you know, they would send your spelling test home and you'd do your five times each, you'd do everything else, but you had to put your words in alphabetical order. And for me, it was like, well, what does this mean? And I remember bawling my eyes out, Sam. Oh, my God. It was horrible.
0: It makes a lot of sense because I've always heard that the English language in general Mm -hmm. is very difficult to learn, because it doesn't make a lot of sense in the way that, like, uh, when I tried to learn Spanish, and then I attempted to learn Italian, then went back to Spanish, Mm -hmm. because I was like, this was a mistake, Uh, they're all, it makes sense, they're romantic-based, so they're all kind of similar, but English seems like just a hodgepodge of a lot of stuff, Uh, of Germanic languages, and stuff you made up, and slang, well, that must have been a a real struggle early on.
4: Yeah, it definitely was for me, and um, I know it was for my parents, too, to this day, my mom, her English is phenomenal now, but... She, we would not be anywhere without one another. Yeah. Um, my dad worked all the time, so she was the one helping me with my homework. She was the one, you know, not only was I learning, but this is where she was learning mm-hmm. English too. Um, they did attend ESL classes at the refugee center, um, mm-hmm. which uh, didn't work out too well for them because they were more concerned about making money. Um, and sending it back to, yeah, yeah. sending it back to, back home to, you know, the motherland. So, um. Is it just you and your parents? Um, I have two little sisters. Two little sisters. Yeah, so they were both born in America. I have an 18-year-old sister and an 8-year-old sister. So it's quite the difference. (laughs)
0: Now, the, I just want to tie this in very quickly. So MBRCR has been open since 1981?
4: Yeah, we became incorporated in 1981, but, um, the agency itself, 19, uh, 1979.
0: So when you came to Utica mm-hmm. with your family, mm-hmm. did, was this the same like people that you dealt with that um, you work with now? I mean, what was it's,
4: it's interesting you ask that because yeah. we I am working for the same refugee center that resettled my whole family. Yeah, I was, so, yeah. was going to ask. So that's kind of my it. way of just like paying it forward, I guess. <laughs> um, that's one of the things that really led me into this career that I'm doing because you know, nothing against our native born population, Mm. but there were so many things I wish that could have been offered to me that weren't. And it's like, now I'm at the point in my life where all I want to do is make all of these opportunities on the same platform for everyone. So, you know, the refugee youth, that's my, that's one of my biggest focuses is really refugee youth because that 16 to 24 age group is so, so overlooked and, Mm. I don't want it to be like that. Sure. Yeah. No,
0: it makes a lot of sense. And I I think to, you know, again, working in, like, the high schools where I work now, mm-hmm. right? Like, I've always tell people that when, especially when I talk to people from other school districts, mm-hmm. less diverse school districts, let's call it, yeah. right? People were like, isn't it weird that you, like, have, like, kids who wear, like, the hijab or kids who are like, different, like, mm-hmm. they do the different languages and all that stuff. I was like, no, not really. I, f- I find it weird that you find it weird. Yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> uh, it's like, wait, where are you from? Uh, but I also
0: <laughs> tell them that, you know, like... Again, like kids, doesn't matter what you look like, where you're from, where mm-hmm. you are. These kids are just teenagers. Mm-hmm. They still like sneakers yeah. and like Netflix They're and humans. Snapchat. They're and, yeah, yeah, yeah. humans. They're literally humans. And I, I think kids, more than anything else, show you sort of like, oh, yeah, they, really, they, they don't really care one yeah. way or the other. Without the a doubt. Is. They're also much more curious than adults are, yeah. which is something, as a teacher, that I felt was always good. And people were like, what is Ramadan? I'm like, I don't know either. Why don't you tell us what it is? Because mm-hmm. you know, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's uh, this curiosity is something that we need to sort of push with the way our kids are. Now, I just want to ask you, in your sort of high school career, did you feel that – did you go to Proctor?
4: Yes, I did.
0: I was going to say, did you feel that going to Proctor in this area was supportive? Like, did you feel good going to Proctor?
4: I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but hell yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I, I love (laughs) Um, Proctor. Oh, my God, absolutely! freaking lutely I would not have wanted to attend any other Mm -hmm. school district. I am so thankful that my high school spoke 40-plus languages. I'm so thankful (laughs) that when I walked into that hall between classes – I would see, like you said, I would see black, white, blacks, whites, Asians, I would see Puerto Ricans, I would hear languages, I would see beautiful hijabs and beautiful cultural dress, and it's just like, there's nowhere else I'd rather be, like, Proctor is honestly like a little world within itself to me, so, Yeah.
0: I loved Proctor, and I think that growing up and then going there and mm-hmm. then going uh, to New York City for college years mm-hmm. later, uh, I felt like New York City didn't seem very different to me than like going to Proctor. It's yeah. a good practice yeah. for like the world around. Absolutely, exactly. Absolutely
4: agree with you on that. <laughs>
0: What's um. What's it, is there any sort of interesting, like, pop culture stuff that you got into when you got into, like, America? Like, anything? Like, is, you, like, a...
4: Destiny's Child. Destiny's
0: Child. Yes! I love it. Oh seen? my god, it's
4: so bad. I, would, like, I was like a kid, and I was like, Mom, please get me these cassettes, and it was, it was so funny, and to this day, like, some of the songs come on, like, on, on my Spotify oh, yeah, yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that, <laughs> and it brings me back to being a kid, and I just have to laugh about it, because it's like, I would not have known about this if I was still overseas.
0: As someone who grew up in Utica, mm-hmm. like... I, up until I left to go to New York City, mm-hmm. and actually up until I came back in 2013, 2014, 2015, that sort of time frame, growing up in Utica, people, like my friends, the people who grew up here, like the, I don't know a nicer way to say it besides like the white Italian kids, mm-hmm. right? We all kind of hated Utica and we all kind of wanted to get out. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until I got to my mid-20s and I went to New York and I was like, oh, this, everyone has their own problems everywhere. It's not yeah. a good thing. Then I got like old enough to realize that maybe I had like taken a back seat on it. But did you ever have that? Did you ever frustrate you or did you always like Yudica when you first showed up?
4: Um, I've definitely had my frustrations. Sure. And uh a lot of them stem from, you know, um, the not so welcoming communities. Yeah. Um, so That's a, a lot of it a lot of it stems from that. There was actually a point um in my life where I wanted to go back to Bosnia. Yeah. I would tell my mom all the time, I'm like, mom. Send me home. Like, yeah, just yeah. send me home. She's like, Selma, so like, you, you are home. Like, cut it out. Like, stop doing that. Like, you're, you're just doing too much right now. And it's, for me, like, I wanted to get out because I just didn't feel a part of it at one point. And I, that was around the beginning of high school. Yeah. um, Definitely beginning of high school. And I just, I hated it. I, I went, you know, through such a bad phase where I just didn't want to really be around people because I was just different. Yeah.
0: You, you felt know? that way. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's it's tough too. You know, I think you also that age too. You're looking for... Yeah. I even like even I think I, I go back and I was like I was just angry about everything. I could have been I know that I was could me. Have been
4: <laughs> <everything>. <laughs> that was me and it's like I was angry at the world and now it's like all of the things hmm. I thought made me different actually just made me kind of unique, I guess.
0: Where uh where did you go after proctor?
4: Um, Utica College. Utica
0: College. Yeah. What did you get your degree in?
4: Uh, government and politics. Government and
0: politics. So <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm, I'm UC now for grad school, mm-hmm. and I, I had done the college thing. I'd be like, government mm-hmm. politics, what did you, at that, at, the, at that time, so I'm assuming like 2013, you're thinking... Mm-hmm. Did you wanna do like local politics? Did you always wanna do like refugee stuff? When or?
4: I when I first started at UC, I was actually a criminal justice major. Criminal justice. Okay. And uh, my advisor <laughs> was really, really mean to me and Ooh. I was just like, you know what? This is not gonna work out. Like I was just so so sad. And um I was taking a government class with Doctor Perry, Doctor Luke Perry. Oh yeah, Dr. Perry. Yep, he's, he's been on the show. Awesome. He's a great guy. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's awesome. Love so Dr. Luke. He um I had I had a government class with him, and his class was so appealing to me mm-hmm. that like right after it, I went to his office and I said, "This is what I want to do. I want to change my major." And he's like, "Listen, you 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 know what you're doing. Like you're on the right track. You kind of got this set for yourself." So um, I ended up changing my major to Gov and Politics, but. Did I know what the hell I was doing? Absolutely yeah. not. No, I had no that. idea. Yeah, I <laughs> thought I wanted to literally be in the hot spot, be in D.C., mm. do policy work. And maybe that is what I end up doing one day. But um, getting into getting into immigrants and refugees... I don't know. It was it was one Whoa. of the best decisions I made, though.
0: <laughs> now it seems like a tenuous time to do it, and also want to live in DC. Mm. I can't imagine you want to be I in DC know. for that right now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what year? So what year did you get hired by uh, by MBRCR?
4: 2017. So, so um, four years
0: after that. Yeah. yeah.
4: So I started off. Um, I was interning there. It was my internship mm. for my college credit,
3: yeah. Yeah. and
4: most <laughs> of my um, most of my time interning, it, it breaks my heart, but then it doesn't. Um, was spent moving. So we we, we yeah. were on uh, Park Ave, and then now our new location is 201 Bleecker Street uh, in downtown Utica. Right. So most of the time, I was just moving boxes and I was cleaning floors. Like yeah. that was what my internship yeah. was about. But there were a few times in my internship where. I had to go grocery shopping for a new family that was coming to Mm. the United States. I had to set up their apartment for them, like, Mm. set up their toiletries, make the beds for them. And those few times, like, stayed with me. Even after I finished 120 hours for my internship, I stayed on as a volunteer. Mm. And um, this position with the Office for New Americans opened up. Excuse me. And uh, I applied, and I was really, really nervous. I, I didn't hear anything back for, like, a month. And then Ashley, um, she's she was the executive assistant at that time. She calls me and she's like, oh, I hope you're ready for an interview. And I went into the interview. It was five minutes long. Yeah. Um, I thought I botched it. I really did. I was oh. like, oh, I'm not ever, getting ever hired. <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> like, I'm not getting hired. It was five minutes long. The next day they call me. They're like, listen, we want to do a second interview with you. And um, about a week after that, I, I was hired. So, yeah.
0: So, day-to-day uh... – Office of New Americans, Community Navigator, what's your sort of day-to-day process when people come in to see you?
4: Um, so I do a lot of work um, right in the community itself, yeah. but aside from what I do there, I host roundtables, so those are with um, mostly with elected officials, uh, other agencies and service organizations who work with the same population that I work with, right. so it's low-income immigrants and refugees. Sure. Um,
0: much like the population I work with. So exactly, regularly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So
4: uh, that's one of the things. So we've got the roundtables, the community conversations are um, exactly what they sound like—conversations with the community. Yeah. So we take a really big issue. Um, for example, the census, mm. the census oh, yeah. 2020. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a hot topic right now because they they want to add you know that citizenship question: Are you a U.S. citizen? And that's unprecedented. You know, it's historically it's never been done. Yeah. Why are we doing it now? So a lot of people are nervous. a lot of people don't know what to do, so that's why we had to have a conversation with the community about it to inform them, listen, like this is where you can go for help. this is who can help you. Yeah. um we're here for you, so
0: and now uh, we don't have to again, people know where I stand on this mm-hmm. on this podcast at least historically. Mm-hmm. We don't have to get political here in any particular mm-hmm. way, but i I do want to ask you know working on the front lines with people who who are trying to become citizens here, yeah. Are, are people scared
4: i think that would be an understatement Understatement, absolutely our citizenship department is booming booming booming, yeah. because mm. that fear that fear is there and guess what that fear came even before well trump was on his campaign trail yeah. you know what i yeah. mean like it, it it came then and they're coming in, and it's it's so crazy to me because there are people who have been here for twenty plus years, and they're like, "Listen, I don't have my citizenship, and am, am I going to get deported?" Yeah. And it's it's a it's a real it's a real thing, and that's a fear I wouldn't wish upon anyone.
0: Well, I only notice it because I've had kids in my school mm-hmm. who are like they'll read the news. Cause that's the other thing too. You know, it's hard to not be political in today's age yeah. because kids are so aware of stuff yep. right you yep. they see what goes on in the news and the news is everywhere and mm-hmm. you don't have to go look past your cell phone so when a kid comes in and says i'm scared about this thing i read do you think this means they're gonna send me out of the country i i generally don't have the answer so i'm like i i tell them no I'm like no of course not but i'm like i don't know i,
4: I don't actually, know yeah in this day and age you don't yeah. know
0: uh i want to talk about misconceptions okay um what would you say is the biggest conception uh miss the biggest <laughs> misconception people have about refugees coming to utica
4: that we live tax free.
0: Ooh, interesting. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard this my I've heard this. One.
4: <laughs> Nothing <laughs> makes my blood boil and skin crawl more than that, Sam. I swear oh, sometimes okay. I want to take people and just Ugh. like, oh, like shake them like, are you serious right now? Where does
0: that right come now? from? Though? Like,
4: why does that Um, so when a lot of most immigrants and refugees, when they come to the United States, you have to start off somewhere. Sure. You're not For starting sure. off, you know, it's not the government giving you $30,000 so you can buy a new car, so you can buy a house, so you can buy this, that. No, that's not what it is. You are put on public assistance as needed yeah. but we're promoting self-sufficiency so mm-hmm. we have uh, departments who work with um, our new arrivals for their first 90 days to really really promote that mm-hmm. so that's the reason why we have you know workforce development workshops we have empl- a lot of employment stuff going on it's to get these new Americans to become self-sufficient yeah. mm-hmm. um I just a little side story I remember one of my um one of my best friends Steven he um <laughs> shout, out Steven. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Steven he uh uh, last summer my um my mom's TV broke and she says we're sitting on the porch and she says to us, she says, Uh guys, I gotta go buy a new TV. And he says to my mom, he's a he's a diehard Republican, he says to my mom, he says, Well, you're lucky, you know, you don't have to pay taxes on it because you're a refugee. Oh my and my mom looked at him and it it was bad. It was just that the look they exchanged was so bad, and my mom was like, Listen to me, Steven. I pay taxes the same way you do. I was my mom was not able to even buy a house. Um, she bought a house within ten months of being in the United States. Um, she wasn't even able to buy that because when she went to apply for the loan, they said you have uh, sixteen hundred dollars uh, credit on your yeah, on yeah. history that's unpaid. And my mom's like, I-, I just came to America. Like I didn't buy a car. I didn't buy anything. Mm-hmm. It was the airfare that the U.S. government paid for us to come over. Oh, we have okay. to pay that back. Really? Yeah. Oh, so that's a lot of that, huh. that's something a lot of people don't Maybe know. They did so did not know that. Yeah, we have to pay our airfare back. So then, hearing things like, "Oh, they're living tax free. They're getting free cars. They're this. They're that." No, what an immigrant or refugee comes to the United States with, it could be ten dollars in their pocket. It could be ten thousand. What they bring in is theirs. But anything after that is what we think we need to do for them.
0: Uh, and going on from that, again, people know this about me from the show. I, uh, I it's just easier for me to say I'm not religious at all. Uh, what do you think is the biggest misconception we have about Muslim people in this in this city?
4: Um, hmm, that's a that's it's a
0: tough question. I know that's a
4: tougher one. Yeah. Um,
0: I think people. I only bring it up because I have a lot of my kids who. I think the the hijab in school is something mm-hmm. that I got really used to really quickly. Mm-hmm. But I notice a lot of people like. When I went to took my kids to DC, yep. last summer, that got
4: looks from people,
0: and yeah. I always thought it was weird, and yeah. I, I don't think a lot of people understood it. I was just curious if there's they anything don't, you yeah, that. no,
4: that's that. I think that would that's that's one of the ones about the yeah. hijab. But the other thing too is um, it's so funny when I'm I'm doing some community meetings yeah, yeah. and I'll walk in and I'll say "Assalamualaikum." Yeah. And people are looking at me like, who is this white girl saying this? Yeah. I'm, I'm a Muslim myself. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, when you tell people that, you're like, yeah, like I, I, I practice Islam or this is yeah. what I was kind of brought up on. Yeah, yeah. They're like, but, but you're white and where's your hijab? And listen, yeah, that, that, that's the thing. Like, (laughs) it's like not every, you, you don't have to, you don't have to wear a hijab, you know, it's, and that's a, that's a misconception right there. It's, it's not a requirement. (laughs) It seems like a
0: conscious misconception Mm -hmm. too, because I, again, I say I'm not religious because I grew up, uh, doing the Catholic thing. We went to, you know, and as I, you know, (laughs) as I get Older, I think there's this misconception like Catholics are a certain type of person. But I was yeah. like, I don't know. I was like, my family was Catholic because we like to celebrate Christmas. Yeah, and we like, but we didn't talk about Jesus. We talked about <laughs> yep. Santa, right? We yep. I mean, wasn't like I think they liked the commercial aspects of it. And I think there's like a wide range of commitment for people who are Catholics, right? Mm-hmm. Some people are very devout. Mm-hmm. Some people are casually Catholic. Yeah. And I wonder if that sort of exists with the Muslim thing too. Is like, is it people who are a little bit less?
4: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, without a doubt. And like, like how you just said, you know, we like Christmas and it's like yeah. we took coming to America we took some of that culture on sure. like yeah. I have like I said to you earlier I have an 18 year old sister and an eight year old sister and like Christmas they love Christmas like yeah, yeah. They, they're they're Americans like yeah. you know what I mean like it, it is what Christmas it is, is, it is. Very American now. exactly it's very so <laughs> we've become we've become very accustomed I guess Americanized is yeah, yeah. the term so mm. yeah
0: uh so you talked about this during the tour when I was there and I just want to ask you uh doing resettlements how many people uh you said the number is down like, yeah. dramatically. dramatically. Uh, from where expect, and
4: that's just mm-hmm. here. Um, no, that's actually nationwide. Nationwide. So yeah. um, when Donald, when Trump took uh, took on office, um, well, actually, let me backtrack a little bit. Under the Obama administration, mm-hmm. I believe it was 110,000 uh, refugees were to be resettled across the United States. Um, when Trump took office, he cut that number down to 45,000. hmm continued to cut it down yeah. yeah that's that's a that's you know more than half yeah um Huge drop. yeah he continued to drop it down and i think that this year we're only looking to to resettle 22,000 through throughout the country and so that isn't nationwide. just yeah, yeah yeah
0: so if you think in 22 i'd have to do the math in my head but for that's really that must be rough for you guys
4: it is yeah it is yeah. you know um there are some departments that took Huge cuts. Yeah. Um you know, one of our that's... one of our departments had about seven, eight people in it. Now there's like four. Yeah. There's three. It mm. it just it hurts. Yeah.
0: Um before we go on any further, I just get I wanna point out uh where people can find out more about uh MBRCR. Go to MBRCR.org. You guys are on Facebook, you're mm-hmm. on Instagram, uh Twitter. Uh, I don't know if you have a SoundCloud page or anything for your raps or anything. I have no idea. Maybe
4: we should make one. (laughs) I think Dan would love to do that.
0: Uh, So, and I just want to shout out, like, you guys do a lot of stuff there that people, uh, there's a lot of the translation stuff you guys do there, are a lot of adult education classes, uh, citizenship stuff. There's a lot of, like, like, Mm -hmm. pieces, like, pies you have your hands in. Mm -hmm. So, it's pretty impressive, like, even just walking through that building and seeing all the different services kind of working in tandem is really, really cool. How much crossover do you sort of have with people you work with?
4: Um, everything we do is intertwined. (laughs) It's like, I need a training done. I know, I go to the employment department, I ask Ashley, Mm. she's up for it. It's, we, we work Mm. together 24-7.
0: And, uh, I'm just curious, I have no idea, so you could say no comment, but... Do you guys have any sort of, like, community reach out with, like, the other sort of, like, organizations in the city, like, you know, Mohawk Valley Latino Association or Muck or any of those, like, companies, uh, other organizations? Do you guys have any sort of...
4: Um, we do. We actually, we have a a good working relationship with the Mohawk Valley uh, Latino Association. Yeah, yeah. So, Sonia, Sonia, yeah, she's wonderful. Sonia's (laughs) wonderful. Um, so, we do work with a lot of other, uh, community organizations as well.
0: Hmm. And who do you who do you generally like? To, who do you feel like you like to get the word? Like, how do you get the word out when you guys want to like reach out to people? Like, is it mostly social media stuff now? Like,
4: we do social media stuff, but um, I like that's that's I guess one place where a lot of my interns and volunteers really yeah. come into play.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I like to be on the ground. I like flyers on you know on trees. I like dropping things off to ethnic markets, dropping them yeah, off yeah. to barber shops, mm-hmm. and it's like I want it to be more appealing than that because not all of the population uses social media
0: (laughs) No, that's true and i think that's another misconception Mm -hmm. too is that like everyone is on On social social media media. that's like that's also not really true uh all right so before we uh before we get into some more lighter questions and our lightning round questions stuff, is there anything coming up right in the horizon you want to promote for uh anything any events community service stuff
4: absolutely so june 22nd um we have utica's annual World Refugee Day celebration. Very cool. Very right cool. down at City Hall, Hannah Park, 12 to 4. Nice. Um, something we're doing a little bit different this year, which I'm so excited about. Um, one of my colleagues, that she had this great idea to do a walk mm-hmm. prior to nice. the big celebration. Nice. So, uh, more information will be coming out about that. There will be registration. Uh, we're not sure, you know, what, what we're going to be handing out with the registration and stuff, but um, World Refugee Day, the... The main events, I guess I want to say, are the citizenship ceremony. Nice. Uh, this is the first time in history we are actually having a federal judge administer mm. the oath, oh. um, which is huge. Mm. It's absolutely major for us. Yeah. Um, after that, we have live performances from uh, immigrants and refugees. Nice. Uh We have the Zoomobile. We have, oh. we have a, a puppet show for kids. We've got food vendors. We try to really... Hmm. incorporate all of these little things that kind of make up our city. Yeah. So we really want it. We, we want it to come together, and we want people to show out and show up. So by that's – go ahead.
0: You know, so by the time people hear this interview, it will be over, but you mm-hmm. should come down to the our event this Saturday mm-hmm. and see if you can – like there's a lot of vendors and stuff yeah. that do business with down there
4: who are absolutely like really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, one thing I do want to say, Sam, before, before we kind of close this part out – to create a more welcoming community, and, you know, for anybody who's listening to this, like, this is my advice to you. If you are working with any immigrants or refugees, if you know any, if you don't know any, you should really get to know one, because yeah. we're pretty freaking cool. But, um, <laughs> hey. like I said, show up and just show out. When when you show up to some of these things, these events that we yeah. have, even events, you know, let's say the mm. current community is having, mm. if you just show your face there, you're already contributing to a more welcoming uh, society. So... Just show up because your your presence is means more than a lot of people know.
0: Well, I think too, it's it's really it's really simplistic to just say like be open minded mm-hmm. and be like positive in your mm-hmm. in your interactions with people. But that's harder than it people give it credit for. Yeah, right? like, you're it's absolutely not, right. Like it's it's not as simple as it sounds yeah. to just be that open minded. And I think it takes it takes time to get there, especially for some people. Mm-hmm. Right, for some people who right. are, haven't historically. Uh, I always say this about like old people. It's like, Well they'll get older, they'll change their mind. Like, what well, yep. is was- When's the last time you saw somebody who got older and then, like, changed their mind? <laughs> I know. Generally, they double down on stuff that they already believe, I know, already seriously,
4: believe, right? seriously. They like,
0: no, the really flat. It's double flat. Uh,
4: <laughs> oh, my God, stop. <laughs> um,
0: so, uh, lightning round questions, a couple things. These are the same five or six questions we ask everybody who's been on the show. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to ask, because I noticed it last time, you have some really excellent tattoo work there. Thank you. How long have you been getting tattoo work done?
4: Um, <laughs> My dad's going to kill me for this. <laughs> um, I got my first tattoo... Uh, when I was, when I was 16. Yeah. Yeah. 16, my first one. And then, um, I have 10 of them now. So yeah, so I've got quite a bit of them, but, um, I love them. They're just my way of, I guess, expressing myself. (laughs) uh,
0: So when I was living in New York, I got most of my tattoo work Mm -hmm, done. And, mm -hmm. uh, I definitely had an idea in my mind where I was like, this is, I have this that I want to get done Mm -hmm. and then that'll be it. Do you have like an end point or do you just going to keep going until you're like, no, this will be,
4: no end up. point there is no an end point does not the limit does not exist <laughs> seriously <laughs> yes. the limit does not exist do I, like? I love it do you have I, a tattoo artist you
0: like any um, I
4: do I do Brandon Larvey. Um, he is oh, right nice. at the New Hartford Shopping Center oh yeah okay um, yeah. Tur- no it's not I don't remember the name. I gotta look at the name yeah yeah uh, he's freaking awesome nice Nice. Love, 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 love. Is that real it looks
0: dark, which makes me think that's relatively new. That one? This one? Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's, this is my this is my dark. this yeah,
4: my yeah, elephant yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. So I love it. I classic, love it. Classic
0: classic bad radio segment where we talk about something people can't see. I know. We um, <laughs> we'll uh, have
4: to post a picture yeah. of it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, so letting our questions, these are the same five or six questions we ask everybody who's been on the show. Uh, someone just sent I say that right? Mm-hmm. Alright, good for <laughs> uh, community navigator for the Office of New Americans with the Mohawk Valley Resource Center for Refugees. When you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee?
4: Black. Just a little
0: bit of sugar. So I always ask this follow-up with that one. Did you always drink black coffee or did you have to work your way up to it?
4: Um, <laughs> well, Bosnian coffee is very, very strong. Yeah, so I always okay. needed like milk like creamer with that. We, we
0: used to do Syrian coffee, we called mm. it, but it was like the turkey that, that brass yes. cup of coffee. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, my yeah.
4: god. See, I was Super I was dense. raised on that. Yeah. I was raised on that. And then um starting my job, I wasn't a huge coffee drinker anyway, but starting my job. I, I need it. Like, I need it. it. That's what got me into black coffee.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny, and I, I don't want to get too far off track. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always tell people, this is my my, my, my family's mm-hmm. history story, if you tell people, like, the mainstream public, oh, Italian family comes to upstate New York and thrives for... People like, yeah, it's a great story, mm-hmm. right? If you say... Syrian family comes to upstate New York and thrives. People go, mm, okay. And then I'm like, same. I'm like, it's the same family. <laughs> Trick you. <laughs> same family. That's you. You know it. Mean? Uh, but I That's always I like that. Uh, yeah. uh, but yeah, I always think that was an interesting one. Like growing up, because I was Syrian but not Muslim, right? Which yeah. also threw people off. Yeah, right? they were like, yeah. oh wait, so you're. Did You still celebrate Christmas? I'm like, yeah, we just we just like our coffee really dark, yeah, and we eat and a really lot, and really strong, yeah, really strong, <laughs> and we eat a lot of like kibby, yeah. I mean. yeah, yeah, so, um, seriously. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, what was your first automobile? I'm very curious about this.
4: A Cadillac.
0: You had a Cadillac? It was. Was, it, was like an old Cadillac? No, or like it was. Damn. It was. It was like
4: this was in 2012. It was oh, okay. a 2000. Right, yeah, it was yeah. a 2010. Um, okay. I think it was 2010. Was it CTS. Estonia? Oh, CTS. Cadillac I was CTS. Say. I loved that car. Oh my god! I thought I was such a badass in it. I was like, yes.
0: <laughs> I felt that way in every car I had, undeservingly so. Like I yeah. dodged the end. I'm like, I'm
4: such a badass. Yes.
0: Like, yes. Uh, you may or may not have driven your Cadillac CTS to see it. But what was your first live music event?
4: Oh, uh, Justin Bieber. <laughs>
0: Bieber, nice. Did you see him like, Syracuse? Madison Square Garden. Oh, nice. Gee, that must have yeah. been probably awesome. It was freaking yeah.
4: amazing. I loved it. Um, I went with a friend of mine. Her dad paid for us to go down to the city in a limo and yeah, yeah. it was awesome.
0: Uh, are you still, to this day, are you a believer mm. now? Do you still support? Mm, are you no. jealous? Are you jealous um. that he's married? Like a...
4: <laughs> <laughs> no. i me a little. <laughs> I, res-
0: I respect Bieber and I'll tell you why because I, I, I gotta be honest, I don't, remember any of the music mm-hmm. outside of like baby mm-hmm. and that sorry song <laughs> it was a banger yep uh, but I respect anybody who for a long time was like getting crapped on by people mm-hmm. who's like a young attractive star yeah. and now people are like yeah beaver good Bieber, for him like, yep. he's come around a yep. little bit no right? you're absolutely right and I respect right. that he's like just sort of come through it and still doing his thing yeah. good for him good for I him remember,
4: I remember um, watching his videos on YouTube and yeah. then it was like wow now I'm seeing him live like this is awesome
0: well it's the power of being <laughs> able to put out a good song right? yeah. people can like be miserable and like screw this guy he sucks but the minute he yeah. puts out a banger they're
4: like ah okay and I gotta right, give it back. to him right. <laughs> yeah Yep, I was yep.
0: like that with Drake, mind you, for a long time. I love Drake. So for a long time, I was like, nah, I'm not in on Drake. Nah, the Degrassi guy, no thanks, mm-hmm. right? And then I think it was the song, just Cold, that Just Hold On, I'm Coming Home song. Yeah. And I heard that one somewhere. I didn't know it was Drake. And I was like, oh, this is.
4: Oh, it's oh, a banger. this is a <laughs> this,
0: is, this is a hotness. And I was who is this? And it's, like it's Drake. I'm like, oh, damn it.
4: Oh, my all God. Right,
0: all right, Drake, you got me. You got me on this wow. one. This a hit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, sure story.
4: yeah, that was my first one, but my favorite one, I know this wasn't the question, <laughs> no, no. but my favorite one was The Weeknd. Oh, my so God. So, The Weeknd? Yes. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, I, was living loved in, it. So I was living in Brooklyn mm-hmm. when that first Weeknd album, that first mm-hmm. EP, mm-hmm. I forget if it was self-titled or not, but I forget mm-hmm. what it was, but that came out and that was
3: everywhere. Yeah.
0: People were addicted. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. If you could have dinner with any person, living or dead, who is not your relative, who would it be, and why? Rbg. Rbg. Got to do it now because she could be living. Rbg. I know. Later. Soon.
4: Soon she'll be gone.
0: <laughs> I, I, I. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think she. She's so fascinating. It, you can tell that you're fascinated when there's like three documentaries that come mm-hmm. out about you in the same year. Yeah. People are just like we all have to get on this right now.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. So you
0: really you really do have that love for the politics. I do. It's in it's there pretty bad. You know, yeah, yeah. It's
4: so funny because the set like before we started it, I know you you were like, Okay, this is the question that might like, throw you off. So I wanna tell you what it is. <laughs> I knew the answer right then and there. It was like RBG. I know it. I know it.
0: <laughs> um have you ever thought about, like, local politics for yourself? Common council type stuff? I
4: have. Yeah. Um, so my end goal, inshallah, that's what we say, yeah. God willing, mm-hmm. Um is to be a professor one day. Nice. Um, I would love to be a professor, um, but I don't want to get there until I get some experience. I took a lot of college classes, and it's one thing when you know the material and you're teaching your students what it is, but it's another thing when you've experienced it, when you lived through it. When you impacted policy, um, when you were lobbying while you're doing all these other things, that's what I'm really using my 20s to do, kind of build that rapport. Mm-hmm. So um, I do see myself running for, you know, local politics- sure. But um, when is a question I don't have an answer to. <laughs> uh, give me
0: one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching.
4: Mm. Um, When Life Gives You Lululemons. I actually think oh, I have the book. This is a book? Oh, I love yeah.
0: it. <laughs> no one ever says book anymore. We get a lot of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's... Life um, Gives You Lululemons. Great yeah,
4: it's, it's... I actually just started reading this when I was at Barnes & Noble yesterday, and it just... <laughs> I'm, I'm a big yellow girl. Yellow is my favorite color. So when I saw, like, the little bit of yellow yeah, 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 yeah. on the title, I was like, okay, I am buying this book. And so
0: you bought a book for the cover. I love it. Pretty much. I respect it. No, I've pretty done much. that a million times. <laughs> it's like, people say, like, you can't judge a book, guys. I'm like, I judge at least 20% of the book Absolutely. Off the cover. Doesn't a a- I said
4: cover. that to I mean, my sister yeah, yesterday. No. Absolutely, Sam. You it's got that right. It's all part of the package. It's all, mm-hmm. a,
0: it's all, a, it's all part mm-hmm. of the procedure. All right. Selma Jocensik. Uh so much Besides the work you do for our community and giving back to the refugee community, besides Destiny's Child, besides your Cadillac (laughs) at CTS, give me one more thing that you are passionate about.
4: Women's rights. Women's rights. Women's rights. Um, well, you really
0: you picked the wrong time to, to in this world, didn't you? Oh, <laughs> I hate the...
4: it. <laughs> Don't even get me started, Sam. <laughs> um, women's rights, yeah. So um, I'm actually looking into doing a little bit more work with the mm. YWCA, nice. um, specifically uh, sexual assault victims. Um, I want to really help them. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a voice. I don't know what it is, but it's just something really pushing me to do that. Um, something that's not political. Uh, what was your question again?
0: Well, anything you're passionate about. Yeah. Any
4: what, The other thing I'm passionate about is um, traveling. Traveling. Traveling, What's next yes. on your
0: agenda? You got, a plan, you got a trip planned already?
4: I don't. Well, probably Vegas in July. Vegas, <laughs> but, Vegas um right. Yeah, with my best friend. But um, yeah. other than that, I, I want to go to Tanzania. I wanna I really wanna explore um hmm. the African continent. Really? So
0: yeah. I've always I've said every time people have this conversation with me, I always say, I wanna go to Costa Rica because mm-hmm. I had some friends who went there a couple years ago and said that they just had time yeah. in their lives. And they yeah. loved it. Uh, I'm also a Latin American history major from mm-hmm. going back to college, so Nicaragua is what I wrote my thesis on, so I feel like I'd <laughs> like to go, yeah. although it seems like now is probably not the best time to go, because Definitely people hate not. Daniel Ortega, and yep. the <laughs> Sandinistas are falling apart, yep. and yeah. It's all wild, but that's <laughs> like what I wrote my thesis about, so part of me wow. is like, well, maybe, maybe I should go... Just re- I, mean, I have to update my thesis, like redo it. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, I'm, I really do. Uh, I want to thank you for coming in today. I appreciate you. And again, I think you do really great work. Thank you. Uh, what you guys do down there. And I know that it's uh, not probably something you always hear, even in town that's supportive of this. But we really do. Like, we're happy that. You're a face that people get to see when they come here. We support what you guys are
4: Thank you. So, Thank you so much, Sam.
0: Uh, you're very welcome. Uh, check them out again, mvrcr.org, or Facebook, Instagram, uh,
4: or so, Twitter. Twitter, <laughs> there it it really
0: All right, folks, we're back to the show <laughs> in just a moment. So, I guess that's the case. I, yeah. Welcome back. Sorry. I didn't know we were back on. Uh, thank you again, once again, to someone. You're Selma. the one that hits the but- button. I you forgot. I wasn't paying I attention. Uh, thank uh. you once again to someone just Ensic. Uh, great interview. Again, uh, at MVRCR. We'll do all the links for everything on the site. Uh, I was. Distracted because I looked at my history lessons for
2: this week and I forgot to go through and highlight my key
0: points. i
1: read the whole. Because yes, for anybody I'm who doesn't
2: know, just a reminder: we are he does print these history lessons out and then okay. highlight them. And bring them in, because that's Capital P Professional Podcasting.
1: That's so he doesn't read the whole entire page.
0: It's true, because I there's a two-step process to this, which is I put too much information down, and then I go back and read through it, and I highlight the stuff that I feel like is conversational. Uh, I probably should have done that, uh, but that's okay. Only the first one is boring, in terms of that. And I don't mean boring, I just mean... Doesn't have easy comp. Let's just get into it. 18- <laughs> uh, 1846. Uh, President Polk declares war on Mexico. Uh, U.S. Congress overwhelmingly votes in favor of President James K. Polk's request to declare war on Mexico in a dispute over Texas. Under the threat of war, the U.S. had, refi- uh, had refrained from annexing Texas after the latter won independence from Mexico in 1836. But 1844, President John Tyler's restarted negotiations with the Republic of Texas. See, this is why I wanted to highlight them, because now I'm just reading uh, the whole thing.
2: <laughs> I know. Well, you said so, James Polk.
0: He's, he declared war on Mexico after nearly two years of fighting. Peace was established by the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo. Just look up your history. There was a yeah. war with us in Mexico, and James Polk I had no idea, it.
1: though. I didn't know that. Yeah. There's Polk? You didn't know about Polk? I do oh, know what
0: Polk is. Polk's an, under, uh, an under-discussed president. He was president for some interesting times. And had I gone through these notes, I probably would have more details on it. Uh, (laughs) Great start (laughs) to history lessons. Favorite. On this day, uh, 1967, Are You Experienced? The album by Jimi Hendrix Experience was first released. Uh, It was an immediate, critical, and commercial success, and it is widely regarded as one of the greatest debuts in the history of rock music. Uh, While I'm reading through this, Kev... You have any particular? What's your first thought with Jimi Hendrix as a musician? Like, do you you think overrated,
2: underrated, accurately rated? Um, if if not underrated, then accurately rated. But genuinely, uh, probably the best, most transcendental guitar player I've ever listened to. Mm. Uh, especially when you give credence to the time and when it came out. You know this because you're a musician. Um, you know how sometimes you'll meet people who just. Get it and do it on a on a different level. You know what I mean. Like it comes out of them without them even thinking about it. Yeah. Transcend. People who are so talented. Yeah. That exactly that. Yeah. Um. That that is and was Jimi Hendrix, and it's a bummer that he died so young, because it would be really interesting to see where music and the electric guitar in particular would be now had he lived longer than, like, 27 years of age.
0: Yeah, I think that's something that happens, especially if you've been lucky enough to play in music or play in bands or write music with people, and or even just jam and play with people casually. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll run across people, especially if you think you're okay. I always thought I was a pretty good musician. I was a decent songwriter. I like to sing. I can sort of hang. But sometimes you run across people, and you're like, oh, man.
2: Yeah, some people are just different. Your,
0: your brain works in a way that I... Can't well, and, comprehend. You come up with stuff that you would never even think of. And they're also like,
2: oh. they're also specifically different than people who who work really hard and who are super talented yes. people who've been taking lessons, people playing forever. Like we'll use a decent friend of the podcast and best friend of Sam, our buddy Steve. Absolutely, Steve's an amazing guitar player. Steve's an incredible guitar player. And it's not to take away from him, but Steve started taking lessons at a very young age. Yeah, technically and he's skilled, excellent. But he'll yeah. be the first one to tell you there's still a difference between that and somebody who just. When when just they the, the it sounds silly to say, but when they pick it up, it just comes out of yeah. them. You know what I mean?
0: Uh, I would say not to toot my own horn. I always thought that I was never a great technical musician, but I had a good ear for if something sounded good. I'm like, well, that sounds good. I like that, so I'm just going to do that, right? I think that was always I always thought that was the a good a good weapon in my arsenal. Let's get away from me and back to Jimi Hendrix, though. Uh, so he uh he was ranked in 2005 as the fifth. Uh, this album, Are You Experience, was ranked as the 15th greatest album of all time, uh, and it put four songs from that album on its list of 500 greatest songs of all time. Can you
2: name any of the four songs that were on the list? I mean, it's, t- it's tough because you can never, I can never remember, especially with artists that are older like this, you don't never remember what is which album, but if I had to guess, uh, Purple Haze, yep. Hey Joe, Little Wing, um, Voodoo Child? You got two of the four. Okay. Uh, the other one was "Fox Lady," yeah, "Fox oh, yeah. Lady," always right, makes right. me think of Garden. fire.
1: Oh yeah, that's a funny.
0: Uh, no, "The Wind Cries Mary." Oh, okay. And the wind cries.
2: Do you Mary. have? Does anybody have a favorite Jimi Hendrix song? Uh,
0: I would probably say, not really. I always liked. I respect Hendrix in the way that, like, I look at him and I know all about the fact that he played the backwards guitar and where he came from. But I never really extended my, like, time in the Hendrix wheelhouse. So you're not experienced. I am not experienced. <laughs> All right. That's right. I actually, you know what, though? Uh, I'll say this. I actually really like the actual song. Have you been experienced? Are that, you experienced? Are you experienced? Yeah, that yeah. song is dope. If I had to put on a Hendrix song right now... What about now, you? Have you, that you got one? one?
1: No? No. No, no, I just never I just like you said I've known that's like fair. who he is and what he does but I just never I
0: weirdly think about him just like that image of him on stage at Woodstock more than anything else like when you say Jimi Hendrix I mean, that's like, exactly what I yeah think. just him that's doing like the national anthem on the guitar well and, that's like, a
2: wild thing too because he's such like a, a character you know what I mean yeah he's such a, a singular like the whole thing top to bottom mm-hmm. from the look to all that stuff yeah uh, let's move on to another music-related topic. Voodoo Child, for anybody asking. Voodoo Child. Yeah. Oh, that, Thank you. Appreciate yeah. well, Voodoo you. Child. Appreciate you guys. Put it right yeah, on the so tee. So Whatever, <laughs>
0: I'm done. I'm out of here. Quick. <laughs> that was that was right. it. Didn't Hulk Hogan come down to that when he was a heel wrestler? Was that Voodoo Child?
2: Uh, I think, yeah, he used to come he out used to, to come that. Out. <laughs> it might have just been, like, full-on, like, back in the day before even I'm a real American. <laughs> yeah. I think that was, like, early in his career. <laughs> he
0: loves Hendrix. He was a musician, brother. Um, 1970, the British Beatles movie Let It Be. Premiered. Uh, film documents the group rehearsing and recording songs for their twelfth and final album. So I guess this one was sort of more like a documentary, kind of half movie, half documentary. Uh, this include- thing's a documentary, not a movie. I suppose not a narrative. Does it have a narrative? I'm not sure if it has a narrative. I suppose is the is the question. It's not
2: like Yellow Submarine or it's, whatever. The hell that yeah, was like, like a Hard
0: Day's Night or something. Uh, the film includes the unannounced rooftop concert of the Beatles, their last public performance, which is really cool if you've ever gone to watch that on YouTube. They play, like, Hey Jude and come together and stuff. Uh, the film was originally planned as a television documentary that would accompany a concert broadcast. Uh, when plans to broadcast were dropped, the project became a feature film. Uh, it did not officially become available on home video, uh, it was up until the 80s, and then it didn't come back until, like, the early 2000-aughts. Um... They also made two other films: "Hard Days Night" in '64 and "Help" in 1965, and then the animated one, "Yellow Submarine" in 1968. I've actually never seen "Yellow Submarine." I'm just familiar oh, with it like is. the. <laughs> so, talking about the film itself, um, Paul. Uh, here is a quote right from Richard Lester, who was uh, interviewing them during the course of the film. They were all the best versions of themselves. Ringo was playful. George was witty. Uh, Paul was chipper and smart and John was well just John. They shot most of this in what was called a self-confessed haze of marijuana uh, and kept levels of hilarious irreverence cranked throughout. So they just high on TV and on film for like five days. I tried to look up other movies where, like, musicians play themselves and not other characters in them. And I came up with a short list. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen
2: any of them. Before I do that, have you seen any of these Beatles movies? My mom watched them all I when I was a kid. I
1: watched some when I was little, but I don't really remember Might
2: thing. have seen clips here and yeah. there, like, in the, the zeitgeist out there. And, of course, the rooftop concert. I've seen yeah. stuff from that. But... I feel like Hard Day's Night and Help were,
0: it was a lot of, like, teeny bopper Beatles. It would be, like, them standing yeah, somewhere and people, I mean, like, chasing doing them doing around. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Here's some of those. 1956, the movie Rock Around the Clock uh, was considered the first true rock and roll film. Uh, It did have a performance by Bill Haley and the Comets playing Bill Haley and the Comets doing the song Rock Around the Clock. Um, 1970, the Rolling Stones did the same thing the Beatles did for Let It Be. Same year, too. They did a movie called Gimme Shelter, which chronicled the last week's Rolling Stones tour and their disastrous uh, free concert in Altamont with all the the Hells Angels and shit. Uh, 1978, this one's a little off the rails. Kiss meets the Phantom of the Park. That's right, Kiss, and a made-for-television movie use their superpowers to battle an evil inventor and save a California music park from
2: destruction. Do you remember Kiss meets the Phantom of the no, Park? Kiss is never, the worst. No. Kiss sucks. <laughs> you might catch some hate from I, I feel like there's a couple kiss people, sucks. a couple of listeners of the show who might somewhere be like Kiss Heads, but I, I can't. Mm. They got a couple of songs, and I actually appreciate the dressing up in costume and all that. I get it, but... A lot of showmanship. Yeah, yeah. Nah. I love pageantry.
0: <laughs> Get, I like the song, uh, was it Detroit Rock City? Is it? There's one good Kiss song and I'm like, this song rock is... Rock and
2: Roll All Night Slaps. That's, yeah, that's a good one. Song. Yeah, yeah, Rock there's and Roll. There's another one, though, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's there another, another good one. banger. It's not Beth.
0: Don't hit me with that, Beth. I don't even don't know what have me is. with Beth. Genuinely don't know That's their is. ballad. Mm. It's rough. Uh, oh, Lick It Up. That's the one where they don't wear the face paint. Me and Dano really like that one. Totally. Why? So Kiss stopped wearing the face paint for a hmm. while. They came out like the '80s. They decided for an album that they were going no face paint. And once they took the face paint off, you realize they were all like 43-year-old Jewish dudes with curly hair. And they're like, Ah, no, put the face paint <laughs> and the armor back on. They're not. They're not heartthrobs. Just they're not. It's not David Lee Roth. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I guess he's a bad example too. He's not an attractive man. Another yeah, looking guy. Uh, no, they went right back to the face paint. So that tells you how well that went. But "Lick It Up," that's a good track. I like that one. Uh, and then of course Spice World in nineteen ninety seven. Oh, my sister loved it that much. Everyone liked Spice World. It was a British musical comedy
2: starring the Spice Girls who all played themselves. No, you know what I can see how they're not liking that. She was a little bit old at the
1: time. I was.
2: Because I was a little bit like I was a little bit old at the time, it was like my brother and sister's jam and you're a little bit older than me so mm-hmm. at that mm-hmm. time you probably have been full on like nah yeah. F the Spice Girls yeah, that was so I'm not terrible terrible okay. <laughs> any, any, other, like, to any other like any other music based movies or anything you got before I move
0: on to the next thing I'm trying to think of anything else will people
2: like head. play themselves because yeah. you're not counting people appearing as themselves and stuff right Yeah. right right right, right. right, right that doesn't right. count they've got to be like the central people the and it's got to be a did. movie about them and what they do yeah I tried to find I'm some of sure the monkeys the monkeys definitely
0: I guess something like the Partridge family doesn't count because they're not a real band like the the they weren't a real band, I suppose. Or were
1: they a real band? No, I think they. Did after the show, they did. did touring they? Like, That's, or something. But they I don't
2: like think anybody knows. It's been lost to history.
0: Well, it's like Sonny and Share. Well, Sonny and Share were like a real music act. they alive. Yet. And then they also became like a television show afterwards. But they were putting out music beforehand. They didn't like make music because the show was out and put it out. They were they were in the seventies. So then they, they
2: count? You're saying
0: they would count, but they didn't make it. That was a TV show, not a movie. I actually like the Sonny and Share show. Moving on. On this day, 1994, Pulp Fiction premieres at the Cannes Film Festival and wins the Palme d'Or. Pulp Fiction has been widely regarded as Quentin Tarantino's masterpiece with particular craze for its screenwriting. Uh, Entertainment Weekly named it the best film since 1983 and it has appeared on many critics' lists of the greatest films ever made. Uh, Selected for preservation in the uh, the, United States National Film Registry in 2013. Uh, Do you have any particular thoughts about Pulp Fiction? It
1: was one of the first movies where I where I ever I felt uncomfortable watching. Really? It was like, just because it was so much for its time. Yeah. I feel there was so many different things that they hit in there that I actually felt uncomfortable in some, at the time.
0: It's, it's an intense movie. Yeah, like, it was I mean, a little
1: intense for me at the time when it came out.
0: I mean, I'm trying to think of the age range here. I'm born in 86, Movie came out in 94. By the time I saw it, my grandfather used to just tape things off of his illegal black box from mm-hmm. back in the day. And just like, he'd put like three movies on, like whatever was on, he would just mm-hmm. tape like three movies in a row. And I got Pulp Fiction on there one time, and I remember that movie got passed around, like, on VHS between me and my friends, because we were like, I don't even know if we're supposed to be watching this movie, right? Like, it's, like, this intense movie, and I I didn't totally get it when I was watching it as a kid. Like, a lot of the stuff, like, went over my head. I was probably, like, 12, 13, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Now, I, like, look back on it, it's probably, it's probably my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie, movie I think. That it's the are the best.
2: It's the best. It's not my favorite
0: Reservoir but it's the Dogs. Best. I, I I love Reservoir Dogs a lot. I think that's a great movie. I, I like Pulp Fiction than that. Really? I really? yeah, uh, yeah. just I think Reservoir Dogs is so tight. It's so like all the character Yeah, that's why right. yeah. it's
2: too it's too specific. It's yeah? too, it's too yeah. specific for it to be for it to really compete, I feel like with a movie like Pulp Fiction.
0: Yeah, performances are more memorable in Pulp Fiction certainly. Like this movie brought back like John Travolta mm-hmm. and, like, like redefine, like, Bruce Willis. That's and really... Yeah. Like, a lot of people, like, did real well because of this movie. Uma Thurman as well, yeah. like, had a really big time. Although, she's stuck around with Tarantino for a long yeah, time, Yeah, I like her, her movies that
1: she did recently. Well, not recently. I but...
0: feel like in this era, though, like, Tarantino was the coolest dude in the world. Like, right? Like, 94, like, everyone wanted to work with Tarantino. Yeah, nobody knew him. Well, yeah, now that this movie, Palm Dior, though, like, after this movie wins, like, he's probably the biggest, like, bu- biggest buzz in Hollywood. It's like Entourage, except real life. <laughs> that's such a bad It's like Entourage. Like I don't know, making and... Uh I also, I, I also liked Inglorious Bastards more than I think most people like. Inglorious Bastards is my favorite. That's I your favorite one? I yeah, I think it's not,
2: I'm, I'm fully aware it's not the best. Yeah, but it's my favorite. It's my favorite one to like watch. If I'm gonna put any of his movies on, that's the one that I'm gonna just pop on for background noise for sure. Nice. A lot of people ride for Jackie Brown. I've never sat. I've Jackie Brown, yeah. excellent. Yeah, another, another really good one. I like yeah. that movie a lot. I've never seen. I've never really watched the Kill Bill movies. I like the first one. Never really I seen like, them. I
1: liked that. Not
2: like I'm not. It's, I don't say a word yeah. against them. I don't know anything about them. I just haven't really seen them.
0: Really yeah. well made movies, like from a technical standpoint, but I, it's not to no know yeah. for me. No for me, dog. I'm not. I'm not feeling dog. it. I'm not feeling it. I'm getting ready for. you <laughs> like, I don't whole...
2: always love a kung fu all the time.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. Not always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: A kung fu is like a it's time like, and place. White pepper. When you're cooking, you don't cook with white pepper. White pepper is amazing. It change your dishes you got to use it really sparingly because it's really easy to go overboard where it's too much. You're know, like, this is just, I don't need this much of this. The kung fu is like white pepper to me. Yeah, I'll take some of it. And it's good. And it can open up the whole thing. I love a fight scene, but oh, wow. The whole thing doesn't yeah. need to be. And last but not least on this day, 2004. Final episode of
0: Frasier on NBC is watched watch by 33 million people. You watched it? I didn't really care for it. You didn't care for Frasier. I think I was too young. For oh, I don't like Frasier, really, really? A lot of people don't. It's another divisive show. I think I've talked about
2: it before. My parents really liked it. My dad it. loved Frasier. Yeah, yeah. 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 Grandma, you start to like question it. your parents' taste. I remember Frasier. Everybody loves Raymond. That was about the yeah. time where I was like, mm, I don't know about. <laughs> so I don't know about Daryl That's really
0: interesting that you said that because I liked Frasier. I got around on Frasier, but everybody loves Raymond is where they lost me. That's mm-hmm. where I was like, you guys watch bad television. I remember. I hate to say used, it, but...
2: We were friends back then. We used to talk about, like... Because we, we've been talking about shows since the beginning yeah, of time. it's true. And we used to talk about that back then. You're like, my parents really love them. My dad, too. I get why they like it, but it's not for me. Terrible. Uh, with the exception of Kirstie Alley, all the surviving main regular
0: cast members of Cheers made appearances on Frasier as it was a spinoff. Uh, only one of them, B.B. Earth, would come on to be a recurring character, though. Um, I actually... I think the problem is... I think. You have to like grammar. I find Kelsey Grammar to be somewhat unlikable as I get older, just in general. I don't know what it is about him. It's the maybe it's the pompousness. Yeah, maybe that's just the character yeah, though. I, don't know. I used to think that was just like part of the character that I liked, and now it kind of grates on me. I guess the show won pretty much every Emmy though for for like five years when it came out. Like they won everything. It was definitely the prestige television show, even like over like Seinfeld during the same time. I feel like, mm-hmm. which is a shame because Seinfeld. I like Seinfeld's like objectively bucks. Better objectively just a way 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 better Frasier. show. So uh, I
2: want to hear your take. If there's somebody listening to the show right now who thinks that Frasier is better than Seinfeld, I want to hear about it. I want to hear why. why you think that. If there's anybody would, out there who's thinking that, I would. I just want to know why. So I'd please explain genuinely
0: be shocked if anyone in our audience who listens to the show rode for Frasier over Seinfeld. That's what I mean. That's I think. That th- yeah, out there, yeah. I don't, I don't think they, they exist. Know you. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Tell tell me who you are, Heather. I feel like. I'm, I don't want to leave you out on this one, but this is a very uh, masculine discussion we're going to have here for a second. You're be careful. I know. Leave me out. This I, sounds I, weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll I you to, well, like, whatever you. Talk I read about, about two <laughs> products this week that I feel Ugh. like I are aimed at people in my like range that I hate both of them, and I wanted to share them with you. One of them is water called Liquid Death. Have you read about this? Liquid Death. No. no. Liquid Death is a water brand that sells water in cans that look like beer cans it's for people who are like they they're like straight edge people who want to drink water but they don't want to look like they're drinking a bottle of water they want to pay 22 dollars for 12 16 ounce tall boys of water in a Mm -hmm. bottle that says liquid death with all sorts of like tattoo style art on it kevin are you interested
2: (laughs) in this product Uh. i mean liquid death is a great name there it is. You want to see it? I'll show yeah, it let me to you. See show yeah. it to me. There it terrible. is. Liquid Death.
0: It's water. Yeah, it's amazing. Yo, so you're in yeah. on Liquid Death. I not like Not for it. me, but if you can sell
2: that to idiots. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. But people are yeah. going to know it's water. It's a nice brand. Yeah, but not if they don't look closely. Uh, it's all a marketing ploy. That's not the real reason that people want it. They're just trying to find from. a way to sell it. <laughs> for uh, Instagram. What would you guess? That's why. What would you guess?
0: If I'm going to give you guys a task here. You're the marketing team for Liquid Death, non-carbonated uh, mountain water in cans. What's your tagline that you come up with for liquid death?
2: I'm done with those two words. Okay, so no tagline. no tagline. No,
1: it's liquid death. It's enough. You don't need anything. What
2: would you do to your thirst with liquid death? Kill it.
0: What's another word for killing it? Murder, Murder your thirst. That's their tagline. What do you think? Strong, yeah. strong it's tagline. Like it's almost too scary to It's drink. incredible. Yeah, no. Um, that's
2: that's wanna, why it works. I don't want to open it. It's proving I'm afraid. You're proving that it works. <laughs> All right. So, Liquid so, Death, spend, send us that money for a sponsor. So, you're in on
0: Liquid Death. How about War Paint, which is makeup designed by men and for men? That's right. War Paint, men's makeup. And they do a big commercial where a guy. Basically, puts it all over his face and then puts a skull ring on his hand. And people were laughing about it because they're like, "Oh, a skull ring! So that must make it Uh, very manly."
1: I had a guy come by my office and ask if I had concealer a couple weeks ago.
0: Well, that's the other
2: argument. Apparently, it's more common than I name him. No (laughs) way. Name (laughs) him, friend of the show. I don't know who it is. So yeah, war paint. Uh, which one of the marks is wearing makeup at the zoo well here do you
0: want to see the pic- <laughs> this is the picture they're using to advertise it it's a burly man full of tattoos and he's all jacked up and his his johnson's basically out mm. and he's putting on the war paint makeup it's very
2: i feel uh like they're targeting me here <laughs> in this is, that, is that how you feel <laughs> yeah <It's> just, that's <laughs> it looks just like you that are. says a lot um yeah i mean whatever if you wanna if you want number one if you're a guy and you want to wear like some concealer, some cover up whatever like that do your thing go for it Number yeah sure um you know whatever floats your boat if it makes you feel more comfortable buying it that they call it war paint and give you an upcharge, well that's fine too because they've been (laughs) doing that to women's products for 100 billion years you know what I mean it's a great point yeah absolutely if you can hustle some guys and spend an extra money for something they don't need to spend as much on anyway whatever all right, yeah. so
0: are you more in on liquid death or what? Yeah, liquid death. Then? Stop, so, all right, don't be, All right, so. Don't be silly. Good.
2: Liquid death, murder your thirst. All right. There you go. <laughs> before, we, well, there. before I
0: do these quick blog, uh, <laughs> these bits from other blogs, just want to say again, uh, Maiden Utica's fifth birthday bash this mm-hmm. weekend, uh, 12 to 4 at Handshake City. Uh, go to handshake.city to sign up for the Cornhole Tournament. Go to handshake.city to sign up for the Utica team. Bragging rights
2: for the whole city. Oh, yeah. It's
0: going to be a great one. I'm really excited. world champ. Uh, go check it out. Uh support our excellent community organization so we can continue supporting the community. Uh all right. Two questions here for you. Number one. Where is the best you you have sunglasses on. You're going inside of a building. You take them off, where do you put them? On my head. On your head, on the forehead.
1: No, on my top of my head.
0: Top of your head. Kevin, where are you putting it? The shirt. In the neck of the like shirt, in collar, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I,
2: I think instinctively, unless I have, if I've got like a dress shirt or something in the pocket, I'll probably pop them in there instead. In the pocket, you prefer pocket front over pocket, hanging from, it. Just front pocket's a little more secure than. Ha- I'm more likely to hang it, but I'm less likely to be wearing a shirt with a front pocket like this one. You know what I mean? What
0: are your thoughts on turning them upside down and putting them on the back of your head, going that way if I it know. works for you? What about putting it on the brim of your hat?
2: Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I feel like wherever I've... you
0: feel like you're least likely to lose them. I feel like, yeah, hanging from the neck, I feel like, is where I instinctively put it. But I also feel like that always ends up in me bending over. I feel... Go ahead.
1: Sorry to interrupt you. But I feel weird when I... Like see people wearing
2: it on the back of their head. The back of They're their like head. Stupid. It's definitely. It's definitely <laughs> like, I feel like you're doing that to just. That's do definitely not, a little bit of a hard hardo, oh, like, tough guy move. Yeah, that's so, like, what have I feel like. On the back, that, your, like your Oakleys on the back, of, like your yeah. red, it's red like, sunburnt. That's back, not hurrying up again. Your, your sunglasses camouflage design, hat. Anyway. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think yeah. I mean, as long as you don't lose them, I think the people that are psychopaths. Have you ever seen people who put them? In like the pocket of the oh, pants yeah. shorts, but not all the way in. They'll hang just one of the arms yeah. Yeah, in gonna, uh, and hang the rest of the, side the side. One, they're,
3: gonna like yes, sure. they're gonna fall off for sure.
0: They're gonna fall off. You're getting off. less movement on the neck than you are on the yeah. pant. Your pants moving around too much. How do you
2: feel about the uh, the croquis? What? Oh, big fan. All I'm the croquis. kids. All oh, the kids. Big fan. The things that you hook around, around so your neck. Oh, oh yeah. So like that's like a necklace.
0: I'm sure that people do it. I'm a big fan. The big kids are doing it a lot. Yeah, the kids big. are big.
2: All the kids that were on my staff at the brewery all had the croquis
0: for yeah, the sunrise. Yeah, it's sunglasses.
2: all John Zongroen's fault. Talk to John Zongroen, local, police,
0: local John fire department. John Zongroen, he's always oh,
2: been man. two two years ahead of every yeah. trend. Uh, and this one, I guess, is a question
0: specifically for Kevin, because I don't have bartending experience. You ever have any bartending? No. Uh, What's up? When is enough enough, and when do bartenders decide when it's time to kick somebody out of the bar? Sooner than you think and later than we should. Sooner than you think, and let, you have a p- particular tipping point when you're like, it's time for you to leave.
2: Um, it. So my my tipping point is different for when I'll cut you off from drinking, sure, and from when I'll ask you to leave the establishment. Just because I cut you off from drinking doesn't mean you have to leave. I'll sit there and I'll serve you club sodas or coffee or regular soda or tea or hot chocolate, whatever the hell you want for the rest of the night. I don't care at all. You know what I mean. And if you go a couple hours, I'm going to let you have a beer later, even yeah. if I cut you off from alcohol. Um, when will I leave? ask you to leave the establishment is when you're creating a problem. Creating a problem. Uh, if you're being, I mean, if you're falling all over the place, like if you're having like a mess, if you can't control yourself, you can't comport yourself, yeah. then you're out. If you're causing a problem, um, if you're being abusive towards anybody or like getting loud with people or just acting nuts or being you know mm-hmm. inappropriate, any of that kind of stuff, you got to go. Heather, you ever had to kick anybody out of a job you worked in? No. I was
0: a bar 100. back. I was a bar back once, and I was asked to work the door for somebody, and uh, <laughs> I was gr- like grossly underqualified. Right, the guy's like, "I gotta." You I mean? And some dude got in, and he didn't have his ID. So they're like, "Can you go ask this dude to leave?" And this dude is like six foot two and like three hundred and twenty pounds, and I'm like a little nerd Uh and i'm not and they're like and i was like oh
2: sir (laughs) i'm gonna have to ask you to leave
0: and he's like he told me to like you know go like he told me some bad words said no he said no right (laughs) uh to which at that point in time i was just like all right i guess i'll just ask like this cop to do it right like i guess it's like you can give me your beer back then i suppose like i mean i don't have i'm not going to throw you out you're Three times bigger than me, but Well you're not gonna you're also yeah. you're
2: not gonna be the first person to put your hands on anybody in the public in any situation yeah. unless given a reason because then you're just asking for a charge and you don't want one. Exactly. Um so you okay, you gotta kick people out of your work. Here's what you do. Number one, once you've made your decision, you stand firm, you don't back down no matter what. Sure. You don't escalate, you don't get mad, you don't anything, you don't even escalate back. If they start talking crazy to you, talking down to you. It's very simple. I've asked you to leave, you're gonna leave. If you won't do it, I'll call the police, they'll remove you. Yeah. yeah. And I don't care. I'll call the cops. Bring like we'll call the cops over if we have an event. For their security in an event, mm-hmm. or it's just like a bar that you work at, I'm not going to come physically remove you. Yeah, the only yeah, time you sure. do that is if somebody's getting violent, somebody's a problem, you need to be stopped like that, 100%, I'll drag you out by your mouth. Yeah, But normally if somebody's sitting there, I'm not going to leave, get all puffed up, I'll just call the cops. Yeah. yeah, and it's nothing. Like, we're not going to threaten to call the cops. Yeah. We're not going to do anything like that. We're just going to call them.
0: Very strong. See, I've done this with kids in the classroom. Because, like, kids, it's a different thing when it's, like, kids hey. in a school. Because, like, you know, kids are looking... For like a fight, they want you to respond to it. So for that, it was always just like I'd just be like, "Bye." They're like, yeah. oh, "I don't want to be in this classroom." I'm like, I'm "Screw you, yeah. chicken!" Yeah. It's all like, right. "All right, I'm you. the Hulk, kid. Peace. Perfect. See you. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. sit here and fight with you. I got stuff to do." So again, you know, just just stay in control, I suppose, all the time. If mm-hmm. you're if you're in, always. yeah. All right, and that's a good place to stop. Uh, thank you, folks, for joining us once again. Thanks to Selma Jisensik, uh from MVRCR for coming by and talking to us. Uh, shout out to Heather Waz on Twitter, uh, underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow him on Twitter as well. Follow SF Doom or just follow the show at Unicast. We are on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, Stitcher Podcast, Apple Podcast. Take it over the web. Uh, handshake.city. Uh, tape machines are rolling. We are desperately, desperately out of time. Uh, birthday party coming up. Birthday party yeah. coming up. Woo! Woodstock lives. CyanR uh, Humanoids. We will catch you this weekend at Handshake City. Oh,